Metallica. Here they come, the kings of metal. Hey everybody, I'm Lizzie. And I'm Joe. We're from the band Hailstorm. And you're listening to Middle Up Your Podcast. We, we make this cool. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is episode 112. And this week is an exciting week. We've got Joe and Lizzie from Hailstorm. So cool. They, ju- they just uh, came by. They gave us their time. They told us about their new record, Vicious. They told us uh, everything we wanted to know about what it's like being Hailstorm. It was really cool. Yeah, it was cool. It, it was. It was. I felt like a very casual conversation. Felt less like an interview and like talking to your friends. They couldn't have been nicer, really. Yeah. In, in, in fact, so much, we're going to go have a beer with them tomorrow night. Yeah, we are. Uh, are we best friends or something? Did that already happen? I think, I, I think we just became best friends. Well, I guess we'll have to see how that beer goes. That's true, yeah, yeah. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, we are an all-Metallica podcast. Ethan and I are two professional musicians here in Nashville. Every Monday, whether from our various studios here or from buses and hotel rooms from all over the world on tour, we get together to talk about our favorite metal band, The Mighty Metallica. This is correct. Now, before we get to our conversation with uh, Lizzie and Joe, we have a few housekeeping things to get to. First of all, if you like the show, go leave us a positive review on iTunes. Only takes a second. It's free to do. Goes a long way. We also have the Patreon. We do. You're going to hear a commercial about that later. All sorts of perks over at the Patreon. Uh, but the bare minimum, we like to at least give people a shout out and say thank you. So we, we have do. three new patrons. Three new patrons this week. We have Richard Goldenson, who increased their pledge. Nice. Uh, Homas. Sorry, it's Thomas. Oh, it's Thomas. Oh, the T is missing. I, I thought Homas was a cool name. <laughs> Maybe his name should be Homas Yazwiak. Homas Yazwiak. That's your new name, by the way. Uh, and Graham Stark. All right, oh, guys. Thank thanks, you guys. Very much. Really appreciate that. That's so that. kind of you. For real. Thank you. Support at the Patreon level is real important. And one of the cool things you get, in addition to the cover where Black and EPs and all this sorts of stuff, is you get to ask our guests, like Lizzie and Joe from Hailstorm, a bunch of questions, yeah. which they did. They did, yeah. Uh, anything else we want to say? We were on the socials. We're on all the socials. You know where to find us. Look up Metal Up Your Podcast. You can email us at Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. Go to Metal Up Your Podcast.com. We got all sorts of cool shit there. Other yep. podcasts we've been on. Yep. You just recorded, I think, one this morning. So that'll probably be up there at some point. Um, yeah, it's a one stop shop for all things Metal Up Your Podcast. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Ethan's got another podcast called uh, The Pirate Satellite. Yeah. I've got another podcast with my friend Bob Schneider called I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. <laughs> If you want to have, find all the different things that we're doing, metalupyourpodcast.com is the way to do it. Yeah, it's a plethora of things. Uh, we get more emails than we could possibly read on the show. We like to pick out five. You can email us, metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com, as Ethan said. And right now, we're going to take it to the email corner. Let's do it. All right, you want to get us started? I would love to. Our first email is from Marsha uh, Balaz. Balaz? Balaz. Balazio. The Balagio. It's tough when there's an S after the Z. That also might be a typo on my part. That's (laughs) hard. That's hard to say. I don't know how to say that. I'm going to say Balaz. 
All right. Um, hello, brothers. Just got done listening to the Black Album episode, and I think you guys were drinking too much black and whiskey. Hmm. What's well, interesting? We did clear the bottle. I mean, whatever. I don't have a problem. You have a problem. Um, this album is a masterpiece, song one through 12. Yes, Ethan, even don't try to me. And yes, Clint, even struggle within. Uh, real quick. Just want to say, I love Don't Tread on Me. Yeah. I love that song. Right. It, it is my least favorite song on the record. It doesn't mean it's a bad song. Well, I think it's still an awesome song. Here's the deal. One, it, one of the songs has to be the least favorite. Yeah. You, all of you have a least favorite on Master of Puppets. Should we, deli- should we say... Struggle Within is my most favorite, least favorite song ever on It's my most favorite, least favorite song. I right. think that's a good way there to put go. it. Yeah. Uh, she says, tell you a little story. In high school, a group of uh, of 12 or so of us took our cars and trucks down a dirt road during our spare... Is, our spare cl- is this a country song? I think it is, yeah. Uh, our, our spare class grabbed a couple cases of beer, parked alongside of the road, and cranked up the Black Album. We would listen to it front to back. We would dance, headbang, make out with our girlfriends, and drink our beers um, we just had a blast every time we heard this album, especially high school uh, dances when when Sandman came on. It was amazing. Anyways, love the podcast. I will sign up for Patreon when I get a chance. Uh, please, um, please give my thanks to Paul for a great episode. Cheers, Steve uh, Balaz uh, from uh, Lang- Langton, Ontario, Canada, New Jersey. All right, so that's Steve, but the email so says Marsha. Steve says Marsha. Maybe it's Marsha Steve. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Steve. Kyle Hotchkiss, who's a new patron, says, Sup, brothers. I'm Kyle from the Bay Area, California, New Jersey. Been loving the show. Got into the show recently after meeting the one and only Metallic Claws Chris Yurgis at a small forum meetup before the All Within My Hands benefit show last year. He told me how great you both are and how well the show was put together, and I've been hooked ever since. It's been especially cool hearing through the show how much he contributes to the Metal Up and Metallica family. We do got to give it up for Chris Yurgis. He's been such he, a yeah, good friend of the show, donated so many cool things that we've been Metallic able to... Metallic Claws, man. Metallic Claws, that's yeah. why I got the name. He says, just wanted to thank you, Clint and Ethan, for putting together an amazing show that's let me connect with more Metallica family. Listening to your love for Metallica always brings a smile to my face. It's a great feeling connection through our shared enjoyment of their music. Looking forward to diving into your cover EPs and some of your other work. Add me the list of people who will buy you a beer next time you're in the Bay Area. Thank you, Kyle. Well, thank you so much, oh, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. It's very nice. Uh, next email is from Laura Bolton. Hey, guys. Um, great idea from Paul. Uh, come to Europe next year, preferably the UK and preferably Oxford, uh, where I think Tom Quee is also based and not f- that far from London from Metallica's June gig. Just saying. Uh, seriously, boys, you guys have been knocking out of the park um, with Metalla Week. All the backstage stories, shenanigans were awesome to hear about. Take care, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Well, it would know, be cool. Paul planted the idea. We're going to see about... Logistically a lot harder than driving to Birmingham, Alabama. A bigger commitment for yeah. sure, because it's going to depend on finances, touring, logistics, schedule, family. Fan, all, everything um, in our lives. But I would like to see them over there. And it's funny, Tom Quee, he texted me and he was like, well, there goes... He's like, you guys are going to commandeer my party. And I was like, nope, it's going to be your party still. And we're we don't just, have to do anything. Except get drunk. Exactly. And make out later. Yeah. To, to nothing else matters. I know. <clears throat> Graham Stark, another new patron, says, Hey, Clint and Ethan, what's up, guys? Uh, nothing much. We just got done talking to, to, uh, to Hailstorm. To yeah. Hailstorm. Yeah. That's exactly what just happened. Graham here, South African, living in Melbourne, Australia at the moment. Been listening to the show for about three weeks, started at episode one, and making headway. Currently at episode 20 and loving it more and more. Man, he's got a long way to go. Yeah, wow. Uh, also listening to the latest... Okay, so he's also catching up, too. Also listening to the latest episodes as they come out. Can't believe the podcast has been going for two years. Happy birthday, by the way. And by extension, uh, the Hardwired record is already just t- over two years old. That's crazy. It is. It is crazy. It is. Yeah, it's wild. 
And we, we've already seen him on, like, two big legs, a stadium leg yeah. and an arena leg. I know. I feel it's very all fortunate. Behind, it's all behind us now. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. Uh, loving the reissue stuff they've been doing in recent years. I've bought the Kill 'Em All through the Justice Deluxe box sets and Garage Days re- revisited vinyl reissue. He says, haven't yet opened any of them. What a waste, right? Well, depends on who you're asking, because some people see the value in keeping them sealed. That's right, yeah. I like to open those bitches up and play them and play them loud. Real loud. Like, super loud. Like, like on at least three. Like, turn it up, like, super loud. Like, la- as loud as you probably maybe can, and then turn it up louder. Yeah, and, and then it's, like, a little bit louder. It's a little bit louder than the most super loud. Like, I kind of want, when someone says my name, go, what? Huh? I can't hear you because it's sorry, so loud. I'm sorry, it's on three and a half. You're going to have to say it louder because this is super loud. Exactly. In fact, it's a little louder than super oh loud. God. I wonder how long we can do this loud bit. I don't know. But maybe, like, if it went a little louder. Just a little louder. Uh, like, take the loudest, even the little bit above super loud, and do it even louder. Like, my ears are bleeding, but they're not really bleeding. You just say they are. Like, I can't even tell if my ears are bleeding because it's so loud. Right. It's like when people, you know, you, you turn up and, like, melt your face off. It doesn't really melt your face off. Like, I feel like a little bit of maybe hot copperish liquid rolling out of my ear holes. Or mm. maybe it's just super loud. Or um, I just a lot of earwax build up, and it's hot out that day. I haven't heard a single thing you've said because it's so loud. What? Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we I like that we did double down and try to keep it going. We really did, yeah. Don't even know who those characters are. Still but. super loud, by the way. It's so loud. <laughs> okay, uh, also have the deluxe edition of the Back to the Front book, which included a piece from a road case that they used when shipping their equipment to Denmark for the Puppets recording and subsequent tour. A pretty cool piece of music history. Peace and adios, Graham. Well, thanks, Graham. Lucky I agree Graham. with all of that. I agree with it, too, even though it's loud. It's super loud. Uh, last email from uh, Anya, our, our good friend over the over the what pond, up, Anya? who we found out is actually Swedish, living in. We mistakenly England. called her a London. A we've Londoner. we've just mispegged her for everything. We thought it was a, a man, right? And then we thought it was a merman, a merman. And then and then we thought she, she was British, right? Um, we're just all sorts of wrong with her. That's okay. I think we have her pinpointed now. Okay, She's a Swedish girl living in London. We're good, right? Okay. Not not a merman. It's loud. Super loud. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, she says, guys, best episode yet. She's talking about the Black Eye episode with Paul. It toppled my previous top spot, which was the Road Trip Trilogy. Wow. And she goes, hmm, I sense a little theme here. My favorite part was Paul singing along to the guitar solos. I do, I do exactly the same when I listen to music in my car. The ep- episode finally cemented the fact that the Black Album is my favorite. Previously, I couldn't decide between it or Red Lightning. Uh, I found myself getting stupidly ex- excited about the, the, the same little details in the songs. And I think it was either in Rome or through the Never. You all said in unison, this is such a good song. We did. Um, uh, exactly when I thought the very same words. Uh, I felt like it was, I, I was right there with you, right there in the room with you all. I'm also super excited about the coming to Europe idea. If it happens, I'll definitely buy you at least one round of beers. Cheers, Anya. P.S. I'm actually British. I just live here. I'm from Sweden. Sweden. Okay, well, thanks, Anya. We're glad to get it straight, finally. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was saying this song is so good after every song on the Black Album. I know. I really like, there was a moment with Joe and Lizzie here where the Black Album came up and like kind of maybe some of the controversy around it, and Joe was just like, uh, I love that record. I love that record. <laughs> like, it's just like, wasn't even... You know, it just wasn't even a factor. There's that no it might, question. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm that way. I, I, I was that way when there was controversy in, in, at the beginning, and I'm still that way. It's a perfect record. Well, it's that easy. You can email us at metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. Boom. We will read it on the show if we can. We read and respond to all of them uh, personally, though, even if we don't do it on the show. So uh, having said that, let's introduce everyone to Hailstorm and get the hell out of here. Let's do it. <laughs>
Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more. After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion Festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows, or you just saw a regular-ass show in North Dakota somewhere. We want to hear from you. Since Ethan and I started Metal Up Your Podcast, we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories. Well, this is it. To make yourself eligible for a future or past Metal Tales episode, please consider joining us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you not only get to come on the show as a guest... You also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace and adios. So, if you don't know who Hailstorm is, uh, where have you been? Where have you been? They're a band originally from Pennsylvania. Moved to Nashville six years ago. They've got four records out. Their newest one being called Vicious. Which is super good, by the way. Our friend Darren Edwards, who I think works for Atlantic Records over in Sweden, when he came over doing some promo work for, I believe, Rival Sons, uh, he came over to the studio. We did an episode with him, and he brought us Hailstorm's new record, Vicious, on vinyl. Yeah. And uh, it's their fourth record. Um, their single, Uncomfortable, is nominated for a Grammy. This, If they win, it'll be their second yeah, Grammy. It hit number one. Hit number one. Yeah, it's in, it's in, their first record, Self Title, came out in April 20, on April 28th, 2009. They got signed to Atlantic in 05. They're a hard-ass working band. They've been hacking it out for a long time. Lizzie yeah. and her little brother started and came up with the name Hailstrom when they were teenagers. Right. Um, they're the real deal, man. They really are. They're the real deal. It was really fun to talk to them. Um, they're deep cats musically, too. We talked about all sorts of music. Uh, we talked about Alice Cooper. We talked about Bring Me the Horizon. We talked about the bands they've toured with, like Stone Sour and Disturbed. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they played on a bill with Ronnie Dame, James Dio, which ended yeah. up being the last show he played before he passed away. Which is crazy, yeah. They've done all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, the, the, what's the country dude's name? They... Um... Oh, they did. They did a tour there at church or Dwight Yoakam, yeah, which is crazy. We should just name everything that we talked about in the and podcast. And then we talked about uh, makeup, and then we talked about. We didn't even get into gear talk, which is that's what I was most excited to talk about initially. But the, the conversation just went so well and went so naturally in different directions. It was just kind of like crumple the notes up. Let's just talk. Yeah, I it like that awesome. you and I like that you acted out the crumpling of the. Notes. Well, that's figures easier than you putting in it's dramatic effect, yeah. going and finding like a sample of like. Good crumpled paper. Right, exactly. No, they were, well, I think it's safe to say they were super sweet. And it was cool to uh, to have the patrons ask them some questions. It was cool to just talk music and shoot the shit. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess without any further ado, let's, let's, let's usher everyone into that conversation. Yeah, this is Joe and Lizzie from Hailstorm. All right, enjoy.
I just started us. Cool. <laughs> Always just, record. Yeah. Always record. That's the only way to do it. I so think. we're going to have already said a big intro. <laughs> cool. Where we basically read your whole Wikipedia page. Sweet. It's going to be about 45 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so we're here with Hailstorm. Lizzie and Joe come to my house, my studio here in Donaldson. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank and, you so much. And trusting that we weren't going to kill you or something. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, we figure we we hang out with... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're prepared. <laughs> I, I brought hot coffee. I was ready to throw yeah, just in, in case, coffee. just in yeah. case. Maybe yeah. some nunchucks. I, I, I noticed it, the lid was cracked too. Maybe, just. Let me put it this: way. it was worth okay. the risk. You're, okay. you're worth Fair the enough. risk to get an Like one mutual friend. Mm, okay, let's do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> um, I wasn't aware that you guys were in town. How long have you guys been in Nashville? Uh, six, six six years, years now. Okay, like yeah, cool. th- Three out of four of us live here, so everybody okay. except for our drummer. Where does he live? In California. Wow. Ah, okay. I yeah. guess if you're doing the kind of touring you guys are doing, that doesn't make as much of a difference. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Traveling is nothing anymore. And, and it's funny because he's here all the time, just like in our guest room, <laughs> you yeah. know. And you know, like, you should just move here. It's like, ah, oh, the wife doesn't think about it. it like, okay, well, convince her and then just come out here. It's fine. <laughs> so one of these days. But when you get to this kind of level, though, I mean, like we've both experienced it for years. It's it doesn't. You're not like a local band anymore where you're practicing five days a week and you have to be in the same city. You it's reach true. a certain level and it's like, well. Yeah, yeah, we have time off, then we have slotted rehearsals. You fly in, we rehearse, then we go on tour. Yeah, it's, we've it's, seen each other yeah, for 90% of the year. Yeah, it's, exactly. It, we're, we're fine. Yeah, we're okay. In fact, go to California. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. RJ and, so RJ and I, he's my little brother, my drummer's uh, my little bro, and, and so he and I have been doing Hailstorm for 21 years. And, it's crazy. And so, and like literally living two feet from each other, like, you know, I, I love that kid because he, he, every strange idea and rabbit hole he was just like, sure, I get to play drums. Cool. Let's do it. And so we're still doing it together. But yeah, when he goes home, it's like he's MIA. Like I get like I got a text from him yesterday answering a text that I sent him like two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, it's like that's good what talk. happens. Yeah, yeah. Good talk. All right. That's you guys fine. are close. Wow. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Did you come here from Pennsylvania? Is this, was this the next big move? Was Nashville? Uh, kind of. Pretty much, basically. Yeah, we way overstayed our welcome with our parents. Um, yeah, the first They moved out like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, they just moved out. No, no like six months ago. Or, uh, <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he um, was right. After the first album cycle, we were like in between tours, we'd just go live with our parents because we didn't have enough money to... There's no point in getting and, an apartment. And we were somewhere. off right, for right. like a week and a half. We were never it's like, home, what, we're going right. to get a place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was like the initial draw to Nashville though? Like as opposed to maybe obviously like New York it's like really expensive, it might be kinda hectic there, but was it just that you did you hear about like a good music scene here or was no, it just the no. price or there's none of that. Yeah, it hasn't ha- you it wanted to be around rednecks. Did you no. hear that Metal Up Your Podcast was here? Yeah, we heard you guys were here. Yeah, yeah four <laughs> years before it started. No, it was it was really like <laughs> we knew we got the second album, we started using a bus to tour and the buses came out of Nashville and yeah. so the bus would deadhead with nobody in it pick us up and we had moved our stuff to florida both of our parents had moved down there and so in between (laughs) yeah so in between tours we were doing that again and it would it would like for a bus to deadhead down to pick us up and then to drop us off and deadhead back to nashville was like ten thousand dollars a tour it was just so much money yeah Yeah, sure like we got to move the gear up there it's like cheaper to fly everyone in than to have the bus right that's insane right so then i was like well I'm gonna Someone, follow my guitars. Someone's got to be the gear. So, so it's funny. We 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 moved here literally sight unseen. We had some friends 
that like found an apartment and and we hey, found can, something on Craigslist. We found something on Craigslist. Like, like, can can you go check it out yeah. for us? And we literally moved here, and then we we fell in love with it. Like what a music scene, really? and, and yeah. not just and it's everyone is like, what you're gonna be a country band now? Like no, it's not just country. It's just there's this appreciation for music, and there's an amazing metal scene and yeah. amazing rock scene. I don't so. think pe- people realize that there's a pretty good rock scene here. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, there's a really good with scene. Jack and the the Kings guys. You know, yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, even even Paramore getting popular right. based out of Franklin, it's like absolutely. they were a huge part of the rock scene here. And there's cool stuff locally that still happens. There's like, um, there was that rock and roll residency, I mm-hmm. think that's done yeah. now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is done. Um, that was happening. There's Metal Mondays at uh, Melrose, that's a fun time. Yeah, so much fun. it's great. Do you but, guys feel like you've been ex- like, do you feel like Nashville's embraced you as? Hailstorm is like now kind of based in Nashville. Th- that's been Maybe. the most amazing thing this year. We've really realized that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because Nashville <laughs> can also kind of be well, real, real blase about shit too. Like, yeah. oh, they're here, great. We're uh, yeah, Nashville. yeah. Well, I think know? it's just uh, again with the rock community and and also just like um, there is an industry side to it. You know, as well, like, you know, when our on this latest record, when our song Uncomfortable went number one, there was a banner, you yeah. know, like outside on music. You know, and, you know, and then this with all this Grammy Palooza, this whole like lead up to that has been amazing. And you just kind of feel like, oh, wow, like, hey, we're a real band, guys, you know, and like yeah, we're in we're Nashville doing and it. we're doing it. Um, but it just as far as like on the local level and the community, just there's this amazing spectrum because there's these new like rock and metal bands. But then there's like the rock royalty that's out here, and there's right. you know Megadeth lives out here, and then there's um you know uh, Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, and mm-hmm. you know there's uh, like all these guys that we like we looked up to, and they're yeah, hanging Rachel. out. So yeah, right. Rachel Bowen from yeah. Skid Row, Wagner. Michael Wagner, yeah, yeah, we had Michael on our show actually. Yeah, cool. yeah, he's a great dude. He's awesome. Um, he, he let us go in his because he mixed Master of Puppets, and so yeah. he let us just go in his studio and talk about. We could just talk to him about anything we wanted to know about Master of Puppets. Yeah, it he was, was pretty so rad. nice. That's awesome. Yeah, such cool. a good dude. Um, that was another actually Dead Dead's connection and how we got to talk to Michael. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. With the same way to you know how you uh, you guys are here, but um, he was great. Yeah, he was such a nice dude, and it, it it sounds like you guys didn't have to do much work for the a lot of the national community to accept you, which is really cool. It, it, like. I've seen stuff just in press over the last few years of you guys being out doing things around Nashville, the, uh, the res- rock and roll residency nights, things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're the kind of band that people would shun coming here, you know? Uh, no, but there is a risk of, you know, we're, you know, we're in a, you know, in a genre where, and we're also like a, of a, you know, generation that it could have kind of gone either way, depending sure. on who you're talking to. But it's been amazing with the residency where it's like, you know, it feels like this family and, and, you know, they even said at that last rock and roll residency that, you know, just like what is happening right now with us, which is really cool. Like they're just like, we're owning it too, man. This is about all of us. And so it's just, that's kind of the vibe that I hear with everything, everything that everybody does. They, everybody lifts each other up here because, yeah. it, you know, yes, there's the whole eat your young thing, the Nashville scene mm-hmm. and all that. You know, you you know this. I've I, you know, I've been around these circles too, songwriting wise. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, God, it's just it's intense, too. Yeah, yeah. But I love it. I don't know. There's something about it. There is something you can kind of dig into. It is something that makes me want to succeed at it even more when it gets yeah. kind of grimy. It's like, fuck that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, I'll show you. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, it, it can also almost be a challenge if you're trying to do your own music, trying to be a songwriter, be a band, whatever. There is that push that you get when someone tells you, like, you can't do this. Yeah. And you're like, no, fuck you, I can't. Yeah, Dad. Dad, yeah. come on, Dad, I can do this. Do you do a lot of outside songwriting? 
Um, yeah, I, you know, it, I, I used to do it um, more often a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, I don't know. To me, it was fun. Uh, like after, like after we were making our first record, I never really co-written with anybody before, and so that was like that learning curve of like, how do you write with a complete stranger right. in Ooh. five hours? Right. You know, it's it's like boot camp. And so I became such a better songwriter from yeah. being involved and and just being with creative people. Like, oh wow, that was a cool like you, yeah. trick to get you out of that you have, funk. You have to go deep quick, and yeah. that's kind of a muscle. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to get a good tune. Yeah, Absolutely, the whole, the whole songwriting thing is a muscle. And if yeah. you don't, if you just let, if you don't do it for a while, it's like you gotta shake off the rust. And like, you, what, what am I doing again? You write a lot of the tunes too, right? You guys write a lot collaboratively, right? As yeah. a band, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've never really done that. Like, you got four people in a room banging it out. Yeah, it's fun. What, how does that work for you guys? Is it different every record? Well, um, yeah. I mean, the, it has I guess been. It, it has been the basically with the four of us just like on it. I'll just kind of start. You can take over, but but um. You know, we're all, all four of us are bringing some to the table that the other three can't, you know? So like, you know, the guys trust me with my corner. I trust him and we trust our rhythm section, you know? And, uh, and so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's a lot of fun to like, you know, almost like pseudo, just like sibling, you know, rivalry. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, let me show you this then, (laughs) what I did, you know? And then, so we get to lift it up together. And in this last record we made with Nick, we, you know... We were kind of like, we knew we wanted to work with Nick because we did that cover EP with him, and we had kind of met him around town. And he was like one of my, you know, producer heroes. Every yeah, time sure. I'd, I mean, every time I'd fall in love with a record, I'd see his name. And right, I'm like, Foo Fighters, yeah. Alice in Chains, guy. yeah, like oh, yeah. Deftones, Rush, yeah. Rush, yeah. yeah, that, and yeah. So it was cool to be able to like do that cover EP where we had just had so much fun and connected on just like a friendship level, you know, and. Just makes being in the studio more fun. Yeah, just joking and such having a, a good nice time. Day. And he's such a good dude. Do you get he do volume three of the cover EPs? Uh, was that? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that the third? I don't know. And that was the first time you worked with him. Yeah, yeah. And you did it in. It was like it, it was like test. Yeah. It's like let's do a bunch of covers with this guy. See if we can actually yeah, yeah. work together. Oh, and did then, you do it down at Dark Horse? Yeah, where, when he was yeah. down there, that's awesome. I recorded a bunch of records down there. It's such a great space. It's a cool vibe. That, yeah. The studio that he was in was called the the Cabin Forever. Yeah, I've done like five records in there. That's awesome. And it's, crazy. That's such a great space. I mean, I know Nick kind of decked it out all different, like blacked out all the windows. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't see all the beautiful nature outside. No, the windows, no, no, because it was about the. It's about the music. Rock yeah. Falcon. Yeah, yeah, he yeah Rock Falcon. Falcon. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, and we kind of went into this last record. We're like, we don't know. We wrote a bunch of songs, like yeah. like we had done on the other three records, and we co-wrote a bunch with some friends of ours. And our the idea initially was like. Let's write We're a bunch of. Get done. Let's yeah. just get it done and get it out there and keep the train rolling, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and we kind of had these twelve songs and they were good, but it wasn't like insp- we were like. Eh. It's like uh, that's like that I would work on radio too. Fine, like I, I'm sure. Like yeah, yeah it it would work out fine, but it wasn't exciting to us. It was just like okay, we literally just we just did this. You know, yeah, this yeah. is what we did. And so, Nick was cool. He was like, yeah. "This isn't the record hailstorm record that I had envisioned making." We're like, like "Good, okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you." Yeah, and this was based off of just like demos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and. Okay. And we're like, cool, but but now what? Now what? <laughs> yeah. How do you? We know what we don't want to do, but how do we do what we yeah. want to do? And was what it a completely that? different batch of songs? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we, didn't yeah, we just a, threw we them didn't all out. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, we we literally we worked so hard, and then we just threw everything. So where away. do those songs go for you guys? Do they make their way live, or are they on a back burner for maybe a future record, or you know, or do may- they disappear? Maybe like like sometimes we'll go back and we're like, oh, you know what? We haven't heard that stuff for a while, and we'll take like. 
you know, a, a bridge riff, riff yeah. from it or like, oh, you know what? That actually was really cool. Let's redo that. But we we don't do that. Generally, it's like move forward. Yeah. I bet your fans would die to hear some of that shit. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we, we have, Save it for the... We have some really good and really awful we're things. We're going to be debuting <laughs> all 10 of them yeah. on Metal Yeah, yeah we're playing podcast. all of them yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff you could say for like, you know, like, you know, Metallica's been doing the 30th anniversary reissues of the all, on all vinyl. Including riff tapes, demos, all that yeah. stuff. You can yeah. so thirty that, years you know. later from now. Yeah, thirty uh, years yeah. from now, we're, we're all look forward care. to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thirty years later, we're like, ah, oh, I don't care. We've Put been, it out there. It's ten. This year is our tenth anniversary of the first album coming out, and mm. we spent the last few weeks kind of listening to a lot of those old demos that we made back in like oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, leading up to that oh nine release, and Just the confusion of what are what trip. are we? What do we do? What's it like yeah. to hear that live record you guys put out? That was one of the first things you put out, right? It was like an EP? Yeah, yeah live EP. Oh, it's, we listened it, to that. Is that there's painful? Some, well, there's yeah. some of it that like you can hear, like you can hear the the otherworldly stuff, the, the the stuff that we can't explain about our band. You can cool. you can hear that, but yeah, there's some awful like, wow, he really blew that fill, or like. <laughs> Wow, like, and we were so adamant about not fixing anything. In yeah, the we were very yeah. adamant we're like, about that. That's why we called it one and done. We're like, whatever it is, that's what it was, you know. And, and now we're cool like, we maybe we should, we should yeah. have fixed it. <laughs> yeah, we were listening back. Well, that wouldn't have hurt. Though, <laughs> yeah, maybe. but at, at the time, you know, this was like the very beginning of like people were starting to use tracks and and you know like in a rock sense mm-hmm. in like you know whereas for years it was like we're never going to be Millie Vanilli we're never going to be Avril Lavigne we're never going to be like all that stuff and there was a lot of bands that were doing that so we were very adamant about never ever doing that like to the point of like you know yeah we didn't we don't even use a click live, and we still don't do that. So you don't do any of that stuff. But in the beginning, it's like it was a little looser <laughs> right, yeah. than that's, it is now. That's why I loved seeing Metallica the other night when they were in Nashville, because obviously they don't use a click or anything. Right. And yeah. yeah, it was awesome because they're you know they're such a. You can tell they've just been doing it so long that if the downbeat happens to stray a few beats later, you know the one they're not, they're still they're all on it playing yeah, they, the riff, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, like, what we're saying, we're like they breathe together. Yeah, it's the music like one breathes. Unit. They, they're a unit, and it, yeah, you know, I I know a lot of people would say that like, oh, this you can get negative if you want about it, but I thought it was really cool. I totally agree. I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, they play to each other. It's the sound of Metallica. It speeds up. It slows down. It's some yeah. of it's ridiculous, I, but it's the magic of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, and and I have to tell you how amazing. Like, and and I I love live rock shows I become a 14 year old but like I'm I'm sitting there with my best friends we had a bunch of friends together we went out on the floor we're watching this production and that aspect of the show got me like emotional about that because I'm like see guys like the biggest band in the world you know these guys are like that's the north star and that's how they do it yeah that's yeah. amazing because like you, you can get a little disheartened like you know, as we're coming up, you know, again, we're very adamant about like it's the four of us playing. We plug in, we play, that's what awesome. you get. You know, but when you're surrounded on these festivals by everybody doing like the wall of sound and everything right. sounds like it's on sounds a, movie like a movie trailer. Yeah, it sounds like a movie soundtrack <laughs> in a world. Yeah, totally. This time it's personal. Yes. <laughs> Double crossed by the government. It's it's tough to compete and it's also you start thinking like, Are you crazy for for doing it the way you're doing it because this is the most fun way to do it, but it's like, but everybody else is doing this like pro thing, and so you so, think about that like in a festival if you're sandwiched between I don't know the bands that do that, but you've got one band with all that kind yep. of production with tracks they're tracked out or tuned out, and then you got a band maybe after you like that you think about yeah you think how you're going to poke how, out how you're you probably gonna poke out, out positively well well, n- well nowadays, that's just happened recently like. yeah like, the vi- like it's turned back around. in like oh nine twenty ten when we were on these festivals like kind of starting out and in between 
you know, and all this stuff. And I like your shorthand for the track thing. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. That's usually the intro to the. <laughs> yeah. episode. but it like it felt like maybe our mix. Like it, it seemed like we were less than right. everyone else, and right. and we noticed it like a year ago, uh, playing a little bit later and in, in this in the festival scene, which is cool. And and but it felt like the energy went up because the music was all of a sudden like I think it was a relief that. It wasn't like perfect perfection happening. Right, yeah. It was like the, the human the breathing. Uh, the human that we were element about. was 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 you know like you could feel that. And the funniest thing was so we have an amazing sound guy, Mike Mahar. Um, he worked for Dickie Betts back in the day, and like he's just he's an he's an analog guy, but he understands everything. Yeah. So it's so it's it's neat to to watch him do his thing, and that's his art. And he's he's literally playing the band. And he came up to us, like, at a, like literally a couple, we were in festival season, a couple in a row. And he's like, yeah, these guys keep coming up to me. So the sound guys. Yeah, asking what the guitar, like, how do you get the guitars to sound like that? How do you get the plugins for that? Whatever the hell they were trying to, wow. He's like, well, that's a Marshall, that's a Marshall, right. that's it. And we plug in. And then you play. <laughs> it's not a computer. And, and yeah. it was like, wait, what? That's actually so. It, it was a, in a positive sense this summer. It was really cool. Well, you, and you guys by doing that like maintain the human element of being in a rock band. You know, like like the, the, those guys. Like everything's gonna be flawless. See, now you're doing it. See, now I know, it's, see, it's, it's infectious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think people maybe even if they don't know it consciously are getting tired of that shit. Yeah. Because they're just it's just radio and it's now it's like every show you go see it's just too perfect or something. I think it's one of the reasons Metallica is still so successful on this arena tour all these years later. Yep. Because I just think people are, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, because you know you're going to go there and you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And see, yeah. to, and to us, you know, we, we say like that's that's what living is about. Like right. for us, like we get, we got addicted to that stuff, you know, way back in the day. And, you know, whereas like you want that on stage, you want that terrifying, Danger. like, like it. It could go amazing, or it could go completely horrible, yeah. and that is up to you. And what are you going to do about it? And, right. and there's these three other guys on stage that could totally knock that one way or the other. And yeah. So we we do that to each other yeah, all we, the time. We have like a lot of we have been do getting a lot into of improv, improv yeah. and just like like let's see, let's let's see what happens. Let's take this song and just see what happens. We don't Let's know how we're going to end it. You mean improv within the song? Like you, you'll go off on a jam or a mm-hmm. Yeah, just a oh, jam. Cool. Yeah, and just like, just go off. Here we go. We're going to solo. And, and Wow. And we don't know and, how we're going to get out of it. Wow. But or we have to it. listen to each other. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's where the experience of being in a band as long as you guys have comes into play. Because like, and you know, it is all of us being the musicians, you know, you could be playing doing this ending part where you're jamming out extending a solo forever yep. and just make eye contact and that's communication enough oh, to absolutely. know when you're going to end it you know just like yeah, we're nod talking something. a different language and right. yeah. and I, you know we haven't we've had some I think the Nashville show last time we played here last April at Municipal our there, jam got oh, yeah, a little out of control and we're like bombs. whoa feel a little psychedelic <laughs> yeah. we're like what was that because we've had some like amazing moments where it like works out and like we're like whoa like, cool right, it worked out guys All right yeah. And that was one where we we're like, "Well, we got to end this and get out of here." And yeah, it's like we've gone go way to the next too long. It's been thirty minutes. <laughs> I know I've been listening to a lot of Grateful Dead lately, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys record your shows and listen to them? That like maybe critique it and say well, that jam worked, that one didn't, or is it just a conversation after the show? We, it's a conversation. We're really hard on ourselves after a show. We sit there and we're like, "You know what sucked? That sucked. Yeah, that sucked." And what that the sucked. hell was that? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that sucked, and uh, you know. Uh, we're we're our kind of mindset is just get make everything better always. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And but we do record everything, and um and that's been fun. We listen to it really. We, we oh I know we should. It's hard though. right? We should. I know. Well, because you know it's like 
you do have the illusion of sometimes you, know, you just want to have that illusion of like, oh no, it was a really good show, right, guys? The we don't really want to. Usually, we better. don't really <laughs> want to go through and find out what we right. did wrong. No, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those things too. I was talking to little bro, and over the course of you know doing something for so long with the same people that i think has kept the kept it sexy you know with all of us you know it's like a marriage it's like okay bring it break out the lingerie i guess it's saturday night um but like that's how that's how we do it (laughs) which definitely happens in a marriage by the way that which we have lingerie saturday yeah (laughs) can somebody explain this is this a thing tuesday is it tuesday well just because to spice it up yeah but keep it it's crotchless Sunday. You know, like <laughs> again, I I feel bad for some of these guys that like they have this working relationship with their band, and 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 again, I'm not knocking anybody that uses tracks, but but for me, it'd be so boring, and I would get tired. I would I would stop listening to them because all I I have the reference in here. You'd be on your own. Out yeah, there. why? And so to me, I would get bored, and I would. Well, I didn't screw up, so screw yeah, you guys. I, didn't right, screw yeah. Up. I wasn't yeah. even playing. <laughs> so when you have tracks, though, it's like to me, there's way more room for error. You have oh, to yeah. play the same thing every night. You can't go and start improving. If something goes wrong with the tracks, you're it, it's done. You know right away. If We've you if you mess up happen. one little note on a solo or. You know, your brother like misses one downbeat or something. Yeah, we can. You can move on from it and recover real quick. We can recover. When the track rig goes out, it's over. Oh my God. We have seen some crazy, like, like big shows where, like, the, okay. Everything is out, or like something. The tracks and are out. The tracks are out. The band's like, well, we can't play. Band's, band yeah, walks off stage and yeah. they can't play. There's and drums there's, and amps. Come I on. know, but the amps aren't plugged in. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, Jesus, guys, because if that had happened with us, you know, like okay, we like we have a couple of tricks up our sleeve. That you're like, okay, if something has the PA goes out, all right, drum solo, go. Right. I don't know something, something, anything. But the crowd is getting pissed, and 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 we're all standing there like, oh, <laughs> what are they gonna do? <laughs> gonna and then do? there's like no more show. And like what? What? You know, that's terrible. Come on, guys. It's, yeah, it's kind of sad if you a know? band is so reliant on tra- on tracks in their show that's that when you know if they it like goes out, they, yeah, they can't. Yeah, they're so far removed. You know, like I've seen bands where they have, they have maybe some like an extra rhythm guitar, some percussion in tracks and if it goes out they're like fuck it we can still play let's just keep you going. can play without the shaker fine. it's fine <laughs> exactly but the cowbell mm. Mm. So, well, you know but at the same that time some guys that's how they choose to run their business and that, they're not wrong that's what i'm saying that's that's fine but for me like i would get so first of all it'd be more stressful and and second i just get bored yeah it makes a lot of sense in pop music when you have all those like dr luke elements yes, every of course. every bar sure. there's new information but i think it really it really starts to show where it doesn't work with rock bands. Yeah. Because it's yeah. so almost Agreed. antithetical to the spirit of it. Yeah. Agreed. It cuts and, into what's cool And depending about it. on how the mix is going that day, sometimes, man, that tambourine will come out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> like, wait, yeah. there's no tambourine. <laughs> right. Where's this orchestra? That's a nice string section. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, totally. I always appreciate when bands, when they do, let's say they put out a record and let's say it's a little more keyboard heavy or something, something that they don't have a member for, rather than relying on tracks, it's like, well, let's just have a utility guy. Come yeah. out with us. He yeah. can set up behind this Absolutely. amp, and he can be back there. Bleep, 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 We've bleep, seen bleep, that and too, stuff. and that's really. It cool. bums me out sometimes though when they like totally bury that guy. Yeah, like he doesn't exist. I'm, I'm like, like, ah, put like, a spotlight come on. on. <laughs> come on, he's <laughs> there. I know. The I've seen like it's the guy in the shadows. They have him on like a riser in the back, and he. You oh, just I, I see and that was kind of you. That was you with Kings. Yeah, when I threw. Oh really? You were that guy. I was. Yeah, I would always joke when I when I was utility for Kings. The secret is out. 
I would literally like like meet people and be like, so what do you do for them? I'm like, I'm the silhouette on stage. Dude, like there's four spotlights amazing. and I'm the fifth guy. I remember before know? that fourth Green Day guy when they finally accepted him like a hundred years later. Yeah. Seeing a show where they had him in the dark and he was playing a fucking guitar solo. No spotlight. Oh like, no. Yeah. He's Come playing a solo. Like, and he's like moment. up front next to Billy Joe. Like, <laughs> well, that's why I love like watching like the old school, like, you know, even like the David Bowie stuff or, you know, or, you know, Stones and whatever, like where they have all the back and like oh bring the backup singer million, up or yeah. like whatever yeah. you would you know because at that point in time you know who the band members are right. the extra guy it's like hey check this guy I don't yeah, know. it's gonna be okay no one's confused about who, who yeah Keith and no Nick one's gonna are. steal <laughs> your thunder yeah. yeah we've talked about that we we almost had someone come out to do some like key stuff and we were, we, were we just did like, for a couple shows uh, we we're like yeah remember lenny yeah he was a great guy no he, he was he, awesome like doing pads and organs like kind of on the record type stuff or like because yeah, like i know you play piano too sounds from the record we thought well, we'd be fun to get those on then we yeah. kind of just like came up with you know decide that our live show is just an interpretation of the record yeah. right it doesn't have to be yeah. exactly that but that was a fun show though because that was over new year's remember we played like this is way back in the day we played like croc rock for for many years we would go back home for new year's and just like do a big blowout at like some four or five shows yeah four or five shows yeah yeah i don't oh, really? i don't think it's there anymore is it gone okay. yeah it's gone. well you know it was kind of a it, it was it should have been gone way <laughs> You know, but we cut our teeth there, and so we would go back home and like do these shows. Chameleon you know, club. after we signed, like, but in that club, and this guy Lenny that we uh, he did some keys on our second record, and we had him come out, like, learn the parts, and we'll do a big blowout thing. Yeah. And he got he's he had never been to like a rock show before. He was he, he's like a Rihanna guy, you know, <laughs> and so he got so excited that he literally couldn't help himself and jumped off the stage, <laughs> and like lost our pack. Like one of our fans like got our like in ear wow. pack, and oh we had gosh. to like search, and we're like, we know it's you. No, I don't know. It was hilarious. That I've was never experienced that where someone excitedly jumped off. stage stage in the, so is this, I, this is the middle of the show it was like toward the end like he had already been like finished his part but he just couldn't wait to he just like, jumps off and runs home just like know, and, 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 and he's like this little he's this little like skinny kid with glasses and you know it, so you're like, you're saying it was only a few shows did it just you just didn't need it or why not make we that a more te- we were testing thing? it out yeah. and it wasn't necessary yeah. yeah i mean it was cool it definitely added something but it wasn't necessary right. and we didn't have the money at the time to right, pay right. properly. And then uh, that our our bass player Josh is awesome, and he he does so. You know, between all of us, we're all doing a different dance. But like, you know, he got like the got the Moog Taurus. Oh, Taurus. badass, great! And so yeah. he's like, check keyboard, this out, guys! I'm like, yes, we yeah. don't need the keyboard player. So now we give him a little. We, like, uh, we might give him too much. He's like a Getty Lee over there. Oh yeah, but John Paul Jones. From John Paul yeah, Jones. Mr. Josh Smith. He's out here too in Nashville. He so, is. Yeah. Cool. Is it that kind of free in your band where someone like Josh could bring a new instrument like that and be like, hey, what if we try this? Oh, absolutely. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, and and we're terrible because like <laughs> none of us encourage each other to like, maybe we should wait on that. Maybe we shouldn't get that um, cowbell. That was uh, an accident. Well, that was a drunken <laughs> Accidentally purchase, got a cowbell. But, but but either but either way, it's like we're like, well, spend I don't know. On a cowbell, I have. <laughs> you should hear this cowbell. You're you put it, it. That's why it's on every song on your new record, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Well, I don't even think we've used it yet. I don't uh, think we've used it either. We, got the, just, we were talking to some but, drummer about like vintage. He was like, no, the vintage Ludwig cowbells, one John, you know, uh, John Bonham used. And I was looking it up on eBay. I was like, wow, they're like a hundred bucks. That's crazy. And we were just hammered, and like two days later, it showed up in the mail. I was like, like "Did I get that? Uh, I guess I bought <laughs> that." 
Drunk purchases are always There's, fun. There are worse things to do as a drunk person than order a fucking cowbell. Yeah. So I hear no, $100 cowbell. Well, there's so like, many wait, things, wait. though, because remember, like, there's that vacuum cleaner thing we actually did use on the record that we got. And we don't, we always agree, like, awesome. should I get it? Absolutely. I don't care how, it, you should get it. Bring it in the like studio. Reverb now. And then Nick, Just in case. Nick we can is get the same a Dyson way. endorsement. Yeah. yeah Nick, Nick was the same way. He's like, oh, yeah, bring it. It's fine. You know, it's like, because we're going to use it. And, and do you, do you, are you, do you on reverb a lot? Oh, oh yeah. Every day. Every single, and they do vinyl now. So he's like, every day. They, they, there was a thing like a year or two ago, and I'm sure you can still get it on there. What's it called? I forget what it's called, but it's it's a big, long plastic tube that connects the, into a box that you can plug into the box, and you whip it around <laughs> and start. Ooh, and and the the faster, called a rain stick. The, the <laughs> faster you go, the higher it goes. The higher the pitch. Ooh. Yeah. It sounds like a, like a, it sounds like a it sounds like you bought a didgeridoo and a string. <laughs> yeah, but we plugged it into like an amp. It looks like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, was it reverb or Etsy? <laughs> Yeah. But it was awesome. It's like on it's our cool. uncomfortable song going into the second chorus. You're like, oh, a little bit out of tune. It's like Chewbacca's Child. Yeah. 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 Like? It awesome. really did. But, but it's like stuff like that. Absolutely. Like, you know, we, we got obsessed with some, you know, you know, uh, Moog synth- yeah, I know. I, I always do that. Yeah. Uh, Moog synthesizers and like just That's a fun. bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we'll go over, especially when we're making a record. Like I don't know, there could be a song in there. I don't know. You get a get pedal. It. Joe shows for no up reason. with a, a sitar and a tempura, and he's like, yeah. "Hear me out, guys." But that's what's <laughs> fun about that stuff, and that's why Nick's right to say, "Bring it all," because you it's something inspiring and exciting like that. Songs will pour out of shit like that. That's, oh yeah, yeah. Or putting you at a piano and putting a. Sometimes when I'm yeah. writing here, I have a baritone guitar. I'll put a baritone Dude. guitar in someone's hands, and they're like, "Ooh, this is weird. I've never played this." And then a song falls out, and then oh, it's like, man. "Well, you got to." Buy one now. It's when you kind of get out of your comfort zone as a musician too. Like, we, I mean, you and I have done, done this at Paul's studio a lot, where you know he might suggest something like, "Hey, what if we threw this yeah. random keyboard on it?" And I'm like, I would never think about that, but try it. Yeah. Some bands are afraid to try things in the studio. They want to play it safe, even in the studio. It's like try, that's the whole point of being in a band and evolving as musicians yeah. is trying new things, especially when you're in a studio setting because you can always erase it. You know, it's yeah. like it's not like that's true. Um, it's not like you're just randomly like. I mean, like. Like Josh, or you wouldn't like. Hey, I'm just gonna pull out this sitar in the middle of a live set. That would be weird, you know. Like, hey, you guys are improvising now, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's the next logical step. You make me vicious. Watch as I make the pain my mistress. You can call me Miss Malicious. I'll dress you up in stitches. No, I cannot resist this. If it don't hurt. Well, we were talking to a friend. He's in the middle of making a record, and and he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, we don't want to add too much because live, you wouldn't be able to pull it off." I'm like, "Dude, it's a different medium. You're you're recording. You got right. you fill I it totally out. Agree. You do. That's a different art form. And live is an interpretation of that. Yeah. Like you don't have to do exactly that live. But I love I love that there's almost no limits in a studio. Yeah. 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 Like you can load it up. Like there should be. Did you ever see that? Um, there sometimes. Be yeah. some well, that's true. At some point, the record's got to be done, and you got to be done. <laughs> right. That's, that's like our third record. Like <laughs> just throw everything in there, and then have intro, outro stuff. It's like yeah. It's like Dewey Cox working on his masterpiece. Right. You guess so. Walk, walk hard, I assume. Yeah. It's never finished. It's never finished. <laughs> the new record's badass, by the way. Yeah, it's really oh, good. Thank you. It's really, really badass. What's diff- is anything different? Was it different for you guys? Was it working with Nick on your yeah. original tunes? Well, like we were saying earlier, we we didn't know where we were gonna go with it, and he was like, "When's the last time the four of you sat in a small room and knocked some shit out?" And we we're like, "Well, it's actually been like years." Hmm. And um, he was like, "Well, let's do that. Let's start tomorrow." We're like, "Okay." So he set up in like a room this yeah, size, li- yeah, yeah, and we had rock, which is huge, by yeah. the way. 
yeah, for all the a, listeners it's a out mansion. there. This is huge. This is, this huge is like room. a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So, so, so you guys kind of hacked it at Rock Falcon and Franklin. <laughs> yeah, and he he was like, "Who's got a riff?" And yeah, every all day, right, I got a riff. Who's got an idea? Who's whoa, got whoa, a riff? so you you yeah. wrote it that way? Yeah. Well, yeah. So we wrote it as we were whoa. doing. Yeah, it it was interesting because like you know I told I told Nick like I'm like man I'm like because I got really like depressed about it because like you work so hard and you're like then you you're like none of this is exciting to me and now we got to start again but we're literally in the studio Can we do it you know like in pre-production with nothing did you, you know? agree that those first batch of songs needed oh, yeah. to go you did absolutely oh, well you know it's like to me I, i'm always I, I i'm a really really bad liar so if i'm not into something it's yeah. like you're gonna hear it and uh and i didn't want to do that and um and so he's like look you know like if you're not you got to he was saying like you got to stop pleasing everybody else but yourself like cuz you know you could hear it in some of these songs you were like okay that's definitely like that's a crossover thing for the label and this is this one is for radio this is i miss the misery times too this is i get off times too this is all this stuff and were you was, aware of that when you were writing it kind of but i thought that that was like the thing to do because we'd been successful it was the idea that we had yeah. we're like let's just yeah. do some and we thought shit we like we already have and right. to get some more on singles the on the radio to, and keep to, touring yeah, to keep doing it and what you realize is that you know that core the the reason you got into it and the excitement that keeps you going it's like you can't just you can't just manufacture that based on what you've done before and you can't just use this as a use music as a tool to like well we're just going to put it out there to make money or it's whatever product, you know it's yeah. like yeah so you realize how like absolutely soul sucking that is and so like nick was so simple he's like look think of it this way if you're not excited about what you're doing Fans aren't going to be excited. They're going to be. Yeah. They're going to believe in what you believe in. At, especially at this point, after this is your fourth record on a major label, you have a fan base. Write for that. Write yeah. what you want to say. So honestly, uncomfortable. Uh, our first single off of that was one of the first songs that we ended up jamming to. They, we did this instrumental thing, and I took it home and literally like wrote about that. We're like, all right, fine. It literally in sum it up. Fuck it, that, <laughs> you know. Where I'm doing what I want, yeah. oh, you know. Is that yours? Is that yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, one of those awesome. like, okay, who's got a riff? He's like, well, it's, I kind of have this I, thing. I wrote it. I was like, this is what I don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick was like, that's kind of <laughs> cool. So true. I was kind of like a joke. Yeah, I was joking. And then what I, about it? What about it? Hit that button for you that you don't is it fast and has. Well, those, I don't. No, I it. I really like it, and I you know yeah. I it came about naturally. I was trying to be like. Uh, you know, how can we push a get away from something like? And he's like, "Well, that's actually a pretty good." Record. I was like, "Yeah, that is kind of cool." Let's let's, let's go with that. That, yeah. <laughs> And that and that song's nominated for a Grammy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah congratulations. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. which which we t we were just talking to Nick about that. We're like, how amazing! N not okay. So like the Grammy thing, yes. There's that situ whole situation, but like as far as like personal triumphs too, to like fight for something, not only like fight for it in in the in the career sense but fight for it you know as your best friends in a room with this guy that really believes in rock music that believes yeah. in, that can see you for how you're actually being seen and to fight for something to enjoy it to love this record and then f to get that kind of nod right um, is a, just such a personal milestone. Like, see, we're not crazy. Well, yeah. imagine, we're not crazy. Imagine if you'd have gotten the the nomination for the batch of songs that you maybe felt like you were settling for. Yeah, it'd be hollower in some Ooh. way. It, it would. It would yeah. be. It, it would be Ooh, hollower, yes. and it would also it would set up the next step of our career in a in kind of a negative way because be then you'd like, be like, well, <laughs> I guess this is what we got to do now, guys. Right. You know, this is we're obviously not you know connected in that in the same way for what people see us as so 
it, yeah. half the battle is figuring out what you don't want. I know. Like right? yeah. it's tough. No, it's so true. Yeah, like, for sure. And once you like once we got that out of the way, like there's those batch of songs we don't want to do something like that. It's kind of a relief and also scary because like, well, now what? And but that was Nick's where yeah. Nick was so great. You know, we'd just be jamming, popping room. That was cool. You guys should like open it up or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's cool. actual studio lingo. He come, yeah. He, yeah, he would come in and he'd have like the drumstick and he'd just be like yeah. waving it in our face. Like anytime <laughs> we're RJ, doing anything, if do we the kick like this, if we were doing guitars, if you know, doing vocals, drums, he's two feet away from you, and he's such an advocate for rock and mm. like oh, yeah. just that idea, you know. And he's also a he's a smart guy, obviously, you know, because he has this stature in the business. But yeah. he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have time for any of that bullshit and, and yeah. all the games that people play and all that stuff. He just has his focus and it really worked for us. Were there times where you guys butted heads? Um, I mean, that's kind of part of some really. records, but we, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've butted heads with producers before. This was, I think the first time where we were just like, no, just we're fun because <laughs> when, yeah. well, look, when you trust somebody, like I, I would end up bringing in cause we weren't quite sure like whether we wanted like, do we want a ballad on the record, whatever. So like I started bringing in like, you know, some piano ballads and here's like this thing on acoustic, whatever the hell it is. And, you know, and, um, and he would help me whittle that down. He'd be like, all right, that's a great song. Not for this record. Yeah. That's really cool. That part you went into like Kelly Clarkson world. Let's, let's get out of that. You know, it's like, <laughs> but you trust the guy. So, so to, for me, it was like a relief because then I would, I stopped obsessing over certain songs. Cause like, he'll tell you like, I'm, I'm, I write every day. It's it's what I it's what I do. I love doing right, it. Yeah. It's it's become this. Or yeah, I mean, you'll you guys understand. It's like when your um, passion becomes your affliction. Like crap. Now I got to do that because something inside. Are we writing a song right now? We are. I think yeah. we're writing a song oh, right yeah. now. Oh, right. Um, oh, we're auto tuning this whole thing. Yeah, this is gonna actually. You know what? <laughs> Stranger <laughs> things have happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like, but so to be obsessed with music in a in a personal way, it was great to have somebody to look at it from the outside. Like that's great. But you don't have to think about that anymore. Not for this yeah. record. Awesome. Put that in the vault. You know? And so it just it's it to me that was relieving and awesome. I think a lot of bands when they go in with a producer, maybe they don't really know personally. The trust part is tough for a lot of bands. They, they, this is their baby. These are their songs. Yeah, you're like, my songies. Exactly. Like you're 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 cuddling your little songs and it's like Joey this producer coming in and tell you what to do. And, and and it's not that the producer's taking over, but this is what you're hiring that person yeah. to do. So it's cool to hear your guys' working relationship with Nick. Was him coming and going like, "Hey, that's cool. Let's not use that. Elaborate on that." You yeah, know? It's like, exactly. It's not. He's not coming and being insulting. He's just no. he hears something that maybe you guys aren't hearing he while you're playing. And it's a, he had a, he's looking at a bigger picture. We're sitting right. here like in the details of the song and cool, but you know that isn't necessarily the record we're making. Yeah, in that song maybe. And, and and he also you know he had seen us live. He knew you know my crazy little brother and like and and me and he, and so it's like we would think something like oh no that sounds pretty good that rocks. He's like oh, no I've seen what you guys can do. I know you can sing higher. I know your brother can get crazier. Yeah. Let's start with a drum fill. You know like here like like just to screw it up and and um and he brought so many amazing things that like just as a from a big sister standpoint, like my little brother, he's an amazing drummer, but he brought so much out of him right. that even like all of us were like, oh, that was how cool. did you, how did he you, can do that. How'd you do that? <laughs> the yeah. drumming's great on the record. Yeah. The musicianship thanks. on the whole record is, is amazing. Oh, oh, no, every, everything's awesome. It, it's, it's such a fun record to listen to. And dynamically it kind of does this for me. Yeah, it's least, cool. You know, it's a it's fun like, ride. 
things. Yeah, it's not like you know, you, like a lot of hard rock bands like just want to come in on eleven the whole record, you know, yeah. and stuff. And there's really cool dynamic moments where it gets kind of tender, or your voice like you're like almost whispering on a track. You know, it's like yeah. I, I love that kind of. I was stuff. singing about Thanks. this. I was singing specifically about uncomfortable. Like you have that riff. It's a new, exciting direction that you want to go. And then I'm thinking about that song lyrically, or like "Do Not Disturb." Those that kind of subject matter, because you don't seem like that character sitting here in my studio. That's got to be super intentional, right? When you want to go to those places. Oh, absolutely. You, you you reach to the extremes of of you know everything that I write and I do has that core truth to it. Like for instance, "Do Not Disturb" is a very true story. I'm just kind of <laughs> recanting how that night went down for all of you listening. Um, <laughs> Except you left out the part where you bought a cowbell. That is true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> use it on the record. That's that's at the end. Um, Still mad about that. I know. Next record. The See, record. We, now we got to go back with Nick to investment. use the cowbell. Um, solo in that, too, yeah. by the way, is sick. Oh, oh yeah. no, that's my oh, favorite thanks, solo man. on the record. That is a great solo. Thank you. That was a Can we camp out there just for one second, just yeah. in yeah, the technical dude. world? What was do, tracking that solo like? It was, what, a, was it a multi-take? Did you compose it? Was it improvised? Uh, it, it was tough. Yeah. That, I struggled on that one. Lizzie's laughing. End quote. Thank God. It was Nick, tough. Nick helped me with that one. Like Some solos just happen, and it's like, ah, oh, I know exactly what right, this yeah. needs. And it's, you know, wait for the right, you do it a few times, get the right take. But that one... Like I, I was trying all these different approaches. I did like eighty takes at home, just like trying yeah. different things, and nothing was working because you know, you know when it's right, and you know when it's like. Oh, I like oh, that man. it's kind of short and sweet too. It's kind of a no bullshit in yeah. and out. But it was that was me sitting with Nick. Like, I have no idea what to, I've tried a bunch of sh- shit and it's just not working. Yeah. He's like, "Come on, sit down. Let's let's get through this." You Let's know, and, out. and we did. We you know we started to like. He's like, "What you just did there? That was a great." intro and then kind of lost it so let's like build it off that like cool and we just kind of worked it out and then i remembered that stupid randy rhodes thing I yeah was, at the end yeah that i was like oh i can throw something like that He's like, yeah cool and 
you know, we worked it out and and got it made until it made sense. And I always call it like it's like ironing. You know, you got to get the wrinkles out. Yeah, of a song and stuff. And it's not stupid, Joe. It's very good. No, I know, on Joe. I like I like it so. I'm like we've we've brought you here today to talk about your inability to take compliments. I'm so bad at it. This is actually intervention. Okay. See, I knew it was coming. Thank you. Lizzie actually reached out to us, and so Joe's got some issues we got to work out under the guise that is an interview. But this is actually about. Well, so you were talking about do not disturb and uncomfortable and some of that subject matter and how you it comes from truth but you reach extremes and uh, yeah no absolutely it's you know you're you're a, you're a storyteller absolutely um but the great thing about making this record inadvertently making this record the way we did was that all of these feelings were very fresh so it's not like you wrote the song and then you had time to like okay let's iron it out, whatever it's like we the the inception of the, the you know of the song was happening as we're recording it so it's like i listen to this record and i'm like Oh yeah, no, like I actually like was really feeling that at the time, you yeah. know, and um and some of the songs again like would we'd come in and be like, "All right, you know, I I have this. All right, we're recording that today." Okay, we were going to record yeah. the other song, you know. So um so yeah, absolutely and and I think that by erroring on the side of truth, um it ended up being this really weird thing with our fans where it's like all of a sudden all of our fans kind of like as we were as we released the record, knew exactly what the songs were about. Whereas on previous records, I kind of have to like, actually, I wrote the song about that. Or like, you know, what did you write about? Oh, I didn't get that at all. So the fact that like everybody kind of understands this time is really cool. You know. Less expl- explanation for you, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you guys are getting better as songwriters? And is that Hopefully. is that what it is? You're more direct. <laughs> it's more transparent. It's more. Yeah. This is what we're saying. I don't think you're. I I don't think at least for me, like I'm not afraid to i guess well maybe that comes with getting older but you just have less and less fucks to give i guess Mm -hmm. so as you kind of realize like oh i don't really owe anybody anything and i can write about what i want to write about you know if i have to tweak it later that's fine but like get it out the way it comes and and sometimes it's an extremely beautiful thing well we've we've been like i said earlier we've been listening to these old demos from like oh five oh six and and most of those songs didn't make it on the first record. Uh, they were the ones from the basement in Pennsylvania. We had a little 16-track digital recorder thing, yeah. you know, and it was like our making my first demos. My first demo. And, um, <laughs> and they actually sound way better than I thought they would because I haven't heard them. I didn't even, I, like, the songs would start when we were listening. I was like, I don't remember this. Also, you'd sing the part. I'm like, oh, no, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. But um, it, it was awesome to listen to because we were, like, to me, we were on the right, we were on to something, like, right. especially musically. Like we had some really cool ideas. I didn't. I thought like but, something happened in the first record when she went. She started co-writing with all these people, and we got like broken down or something, and, and kind of thought that we couldn't do it, and we weren't good enough. And I thought I was like a really shitty guitar player, and and uh, and I, you know, just trying to spending all these years trying to catch up. And this last record we made with Nick, we kind of found our confidence again. We're like, oh, again, we yeah. can do it. Cool, yeah. you know, especially with, like uncomfortable going number one and getting a Grammy, like. That was okay, just the four of yeah. us, yeah. you know, working it out. We're like, cool, maybe we can do it, actually. And uh, then listening to those demos this week from 15 years ago, it was like, oh, we're actually, those are, there's some really cool stuff in there. And somehow along the way in this major label process, we kind of got broken down and thought, convinced that we couldn't do it. I think people would be surprised at how many successful bands struggle with that stuff. Yeah. Well, because it's it's this ride like you you want to do both. You want to like not sell, you you want to not sell your soul obviously, but you want to play the game and you want to, mm-hmm. you know, talk to industry people. It's like we're, you know, 
we're all obsessed with that. You know, it's like you want to learn new things and you want to do the right thing and you want to trust people and you want to do all these things and you mm -hmm. want to figure out a way to do music every single day for the rest of your life. You don't have to have a normal job, that kind of thing. So, you know, you're in this. It's easy so to get lost in it that It is shit. easy. And, yeah. and, then, uh, and then especially you add in some success to that. You know, mm -hmm. there's this misconception that you know, with success, you know, it's like all of a sudden we're going to be like, okay, we're just totally fine now. No, it gets worse. Yeah, right. You know, and because you harder, add yeah. that into that, that factor into it like well this kind of worked i know i hated that but it kind of worked though you know let's build a record off of it or whatever you know I don't yeah know. for sure well I, I was gonna say i think it's cool on your point uh the transparency especially lyrically that you kind of put out on this record it's something that even with all the industry bullshit and going through all that stuff and you trying to please people here and there you can look back on on songs like this and not like have any regrets either absolutely you know what i mean like in, in, in the way in the future look back and be like you know what like even though we were on a major label and we had success and people, you know, we had a lot of fans and stuff like that. Like I, I still stay true to myself. Yeah. You know, but well, I, I very much appreciate though, the, the, the side of it though. That's like, look, we're, cause let's face it. You guys aren't anal vomit. You guys, which our fans never will know will what I'm be. talking about. Yeah. We've, we've mentioned them <laughs> but before. You, you guys appeal to a lot of people and that's no joke. And like for me as a commercial songwriter, that's trying to write songs yeah. like that. I don't think that part gets talked about enough. Cause no. I think there's a, it was a perception that that's not cool, but if you can do it both, is, which is what it, it seems is, like you yeah. guys are doing, like you're being honest and you're also playing the game. Yeah. I mean, and well, you're selling tickets and you're mo the ball's moving yeah. in terms of your yeah, career. Lucky. Well, and, and like so, it or not, like the, the rock that we grew up listening to, especially myself, you know, like I was in the 90s, I'm obsessed with... 80s music so you know but but i was listening but it's all pop songs it's yeah, like you I know agree. alice oh, cooper's yeah. schools out is a pop song yeah. you know pet benatar was a pop which she was a, a rock right girl yeah. i think master of puppets is a master pop of puppets is a pop song exactly same thing with the entire I think black album. i think they're the beatles of metal I, I rain think, and blood is a pop song. It, well no it, but if you think about it, it's like pop you know and, and we have this argument all the time it's like pop, pop means popular <laughs> and it's it's just totally it's pleasing to the ears and yeah. so what I love about it is that, you know, you figured out along the way, yes, okay, there's a documentation. All these records are snapshots of where you were at in your life. Maybe you didn't have this part figured out, but you had this part figured out. So mm. how do you meld the two? So as we make records, hopefully every every artist has the opportunity to grow. And every single time be like, maybe I'll do that a little better. Maybe I'll experiment with this. It's their complete right to do that. Yeah. And I know, like, speaking of Metallica, they got a lot of shit for the Black Album. But if it wasn't for the Black Album, there's so many people that would not have then, you know, looked back into their catalog, right, you know, and, and it's... I love the Black Album. I, I love it's the great. Black yeah, Absolutely right love yeah. it. And I think, uh, speaking of the show, that it sounds like we were all at it. I didn't know you guys were at the show the other night. I was looking around during the Black Album to Sabbath True and yep. whatever they were playing. That was getting the most reaction. Yeah. It wasn't Seek and Destroy, which got a big reaction. It wasn't the old school shit. It was Black Album. Yeah, you could see the power of that the test record. of time. Yeah, big time. And, and they were Songs. ambassadors for this music that we love so much because right, yeah. they show Absolutely. like they show our our moms and all these people like oh no like they're actually amazing and you can sing this song yeah for sure you know and to be a band that can do all of those things that's 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 amazing that's the epitome you know for sure yeah I mean that like you said that record stands the test of time and I mean I was even listening to it the other day we did a whole episode on it on our last episode where we did like a listen through with commentary and like when you guys left my my studio that night and we recorded it it was like. God, that record is perfect. Yeah, like, yeah it's it really so is. good. We we were talking so about good. that today. Yeah. We're like, because yeah. because you know you know we want to do our our next record with Nick. We're talking with Nick and like, how do we like, 
how do you even ask that? Like, like I, I think that even Metallica didn't know that the Black Album was going to be the Black Album. Right. But you have to find, you have to like think like while they were recording it, like you know Bob or whoever was like, there's something. Yeah, I think that is they, about to happen. I think they knew. Right. Yeah. I think I think they had some. I think when they started to get those songs demoed and down, and they had Sandman and Sabbath True and Unforgiven and Rome, I think yeah. they were like. Ooh, but it's about taking that risk yeah. to it because that was a huge risk Big for time. them. Huge, yeah. you Big know. Time. And so there's that terrifying factor of like it could really work and it could totally not. You know, it's like this could totally destroy us too. Yeah, and um, it's arguably the biggest metal record of all. Oh time. my god! I mean, Absolutely. it's in the top ten best-selling records of all time. What'd you guys think about the records after that? The Load and Reload, the other Bob Rock stuff, where it got a little alternative. I love Load. I, I do too. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. King Nothing. King uh, two it. by Great. four. Oh, oh yeah. Love it, great song. But but like but we we like a lot of that stuff. Like even like with Aerosmith, like the Nine Lives record that loved nobody it. loves. Saw the tour. Oh, you loved it. Couldn't okay, find great. anyone we, to go with me. Had I two can't tickets. find one person that was like that's fall in like, love's uh, hard on the knees. Oh, it's so great. Love it. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that. It's so great. I love that era of Aerosmith. Well, Get a Grip was a huge. That was like '94, I think. But so Get a Grip's kind of my online point with Aerosmith. Yeah, it wasn't permanent vacation and amazing songs. crying crazy living on the edge. Yeah, oh, yeah. eat the rich. I, you can't find that. Uh, that I still have yet to find uh, Nine Lives on vinyl. Nineties was a black hole of vinyl. I, I found um, just push play in England. Oh, nice! Oh, wow, that. nice! But I, 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 you can find it online. But I, I don't like you. You, like you want to you yeah. find it in the wild? Yeah. yeah. Like the darkness, their first album. I found that in the UK, an original pressing. I was like, yes, nice. yeah. oh yeah, we've become obsessed. We have a, a system that we travel with. We call it Steve. <laughs> it's Steve the the road case with the speakers. It's a record in. player. It's a record oh, player. Oh, nice. yeah. That's awesome. Holds open like the, for like the dressing room or like the yeah. yeah. The, awesome. It, it holds whiskey and vinyl. You guys drink alcohol? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, second question: Can we go on tour with you guys? Absolutely. Like That's so cool. So you guys has, travel with a vinyl rig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has Holy a whiskey shit. drawer too. That's so awesome. <laughs> wow. Again, the booze. I've not. I've I mean records, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, that's fun. That's no, cool. Is absolutely. it like specifically custom made for that? Yeah, we just we kind of got the components together and gave it to Alcorn in town. They make cases. Yep. Probably the most and rock and roll like, thing. Here's that we've our done. thing. Yeah. Can we? How do we do this? And we kind of just brained it out with them, and it fits through doors properly, and then it opens up, and there's speakers awesome. on each side. I wanted like a wide stereo spectrum. Yeah. What are the records that are staples in that road case that don't leave? Um, so, so you're buying shit on the road. We, we I get, buy it on but, the road. But what's what's not leaving? It's different. Like I, I bring out like I start with like ten records, and then then it's like we got to fill the drawer. So we, we go that, record shopping. Every we have day. that live Dio. Was it Donington or no? Yeah, that I found this Dio record in Belgium. We have that one in there. Um, live at Donington, eighty three and eighty seven. So cool. Oh, rad. That's awesome. So bad. Yeah. We keep a rig on our bus, and I'm going to show you what I torture my guys with. Oh no. Oh yeah, this is good. Well, we did have Toto in there for a while and just well, on that's repeat. That's good party music. That <laughs> yeah. like some James yeah. Brown or some old soul. Oh, oh you can't man. go wrong with oh, James Brown. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, that's probably one of those things, too, like like in your fans listening to you guys talking about bands like artists like James Brown and Toto. It's like oh, it's so people good. often put, especially hard rock slash metal bands, put them in a corner like you only listen to that stuff. Oh, the yes, Coming to America yes. soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, my Can gosh. I, see that? I play it. We, have, we call it the golden hour, the hour before every show. And I Dude, blasted in the lounge. That is amazing. Have you, you guys, guys fans of Coming to America? Yeah. Have you um, been watching Tales from the Tour Bus season two? No, I've I seen haven't a few yet. Of those. It's it's the funk one. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, sure. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and it's crazy. Rick yeah. James part two is 
Eddie Murphy's in there with them. And okay, cool. That, oh, that uh That song. Party all the time. My that girl was, yeah. wants to party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. Come and correct. That, that was Eddie doing Close. a Rick James impersonation. Oh, my gosh. And they were just in the studio hanging out because they were buds. And and Rick is like, dude, like put down a bass line. (laughs) And like they recorded it like, you know, on on a bender. And (laughs) that became it. Party all the time? Yeah. It was with Rick James. I wonder if that's the same session they did Boogie in Your Butt. (laughs) I hope so. Like Eddie (laughs) Murphy, we have good and bad news. The good news is uh, the songs they hit. The bad news is you have to go on tour now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're an artist now. Oh, if you want something to like put next to (laughs) anal vomit. Yeah. uh, But it's it's subtle, but you should like put it on. Um, okay. No, uh, it's something that like if you put it on at the end, like you want people to leave like end of the party, or depending on the people you want to stay. Um, that uh, Tina Turner thing that we have. The, oh, I can Tina. I can Tina. The what song is it? We have this oh live at for the Hall time. It's so pornographic. They're oh, really? literally yeah. they're they're basically like fucking on stage it's crazy that's actually the inspiration for do not disturb but yeah few people know that few people know we were listening to i cantina exactly yeah and that's what did it i love that you guys have that vinyl station out there it's such a so you guys are are kind of hip into the idea of like holding it picking it up it's listening together baseball cards to me right you know exactly that's a great that's a great point yeah I'm asked, I still buy vinyl. I, I don't buy as much on the road just because, you know, it's a lot to travel home with. Although I still have, like, you know, those, like, old school DJ cases look like road cases kind of. Yeah. yeah. I have one of those I used to take on the road all the time. My goal was to fill it every tour. That's awesome. Even if it was, whether it was brand new vinyl or 99 cent bins or whatever. What, what was the guy that, um, the, the, the country guy that we got that inspired your glasses? Who's oh, that yeah, guy? My, my, the HVAC guy that fixes our HVAC system when it goes weird. He saw we have like a record room, we have a studio, and then in our basement there's like a little side room that's just all our vinyl. And he's like, "Oh, you got you like vinyl?" He's like, "Well, let me bring you my dad's collection. It's just been sitting in the basement." Like he literally brought it over, and he was like, "Don't open this in the house." Like, let's open these boxes here. And, like, all these brown recluse spiders ran out. He's like, I knew it! I knew oh, it! And he was, like, stomping on them. Holy shit. <laughs> but, <there's> a <laughs> but there was a gem in there. But there's a bunch yeah. of gems in there. All this old country, like, what is it, guy, John Connolly? Like, that was it. I don't know who he is, but he, the, the album cover is amazing. He's just got, like, this pimpin' fur coat and these red, like, rose-colored glasses. Nice. And he just looked like a mustache, like, 70s country dude. It looked awesome. I was like, I need to find those. That's kind of the beauty of vinyl, too, when you go out to a record store and go to those 99-cent bins. I've bought stuff, and I'm sure you guys have, too, just off the album just cover. All, like, yeah. That yeah. looks oh, badass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I miss that. I miss that. You know, I used to do that with records a lot, with CDs. You oh, know? yeah. yeah. Like, buying it because the title was weird. or I mean, that's what anal vomit and, is. Well, and yeah. that's the, and isn't that the point <laughs> of always is. Why, <laughs> why we like work so hard on album Absolutely. covers or, like, because you're song. hoping someone will do it. Because you're hoping somebody yeah. will be like, "Ooh, you're trying to that you're sounds trying interesting." To, yeah, you're trying to recreate looks, the magic that you remember. Yeah. Well, you know, why you do you think I put my face on my record? That, yeah, I mean, duh. Look at this magic inspiration in Pitt? the mirror. I'm buying this. I gotta get it. That's a, I didn't know Ryan Gosling put out a record. <laughs> That's crazy. He did a reggae album. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have this thing called Patreon, where we have patrons who support the show, and we let them ask you got people like you questions. Awesome, cool. That's Is that sounds, cool if yep. we read out some questions? That sounds great. And some of these are kind of metallic. We haven't talked much about Metallica, which is... <laughs> I, I keep trying to interject, and we're... You've we, been we, really... We go... We loop back around. We're not, been really and we're cool not trying to that. block that. We're not trying to metalloblock you. No, metalloblock? Yeah. No, no metalloblock. That's my wife's job. <laughs> we're, just, we're, just all, we're just all just so interesting, you know? <laughs> I mean, we got another seven hours to go. I just figured yeah. we would do yeah, the yeah. patron we, portion. Uh, right <laughs> right now, Let's get yeah. this out of the way, yeah. <laughs> all right, so our first question is by our friend Edgar. He says, do either of you have any funny or cool stories interacting with the guys in Metallica? 
Um, no. No. Um, nope. We, well, we Never got... Adam. One word we, answers only, please. We, we got to be side stage. Yeah, first at, time like, seen Next them. to their pyro. Dude. Yeah, it was like Rock'em Ring. <laughs> Which was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Ring I mean, or park? No, it was Ring, ring um, yeah. in Germany. And uh, we got side stage. We were standing up in the balcony side stage, watching them in front of like 80,000 people in it. Cool. Really that ruled. was really real. Like, yeah, that was cool. The energy they put out. We saw Rage. Was it the same year or the next year, two years later? Same spot. We got a little side stage. And to watch that energy go out to the Germans is amazing. Wait, what year was this? Uh, it was Rage with, Rage with 13. Rage with Zach De La Rocha? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Uh, it, they got it, back together for a, a short period. What kind yeah, of material yeah. were they doing? Just um, for the whole catalog? The good shit. Yeah, good, all yeah, the good yeah, shit. Just all, yeah. all the hits So all the any time. song? I loved it because like, there was a JCM 800, a bass rig, and the drums, and a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, there maybe awesome. a backdrop. Yeah, Remember, because it was like there real was bare bones. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. And that, they, but the the they're like every song is like a study in tension and release. And Absolutely. It like, awesome and great riffs. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, again, it, go, like, going back to what we were talking about too, like with with like the bare bones thing, it's like, it was great to see that, like this, like a you know. Yeah, this and cornerstone it, and yeah. yeah and like yeah. in between all this stuff and it's like oh yeah no they rocked harder than most of that i feel like very very fortunate to have seen rage against machine a few times i never saw him because awesome. i feel like it's like they got they, they, like zach kind of came back for a while and then he kind of went away and was about to do a solo record and, and release an awesome single and then it was nothing the uh so, the one day is a lion yeah well, that. there's that, and then he did another one just under his name. Uh, who, who was the band or who produced it? I never heard of that. I'll, I'll fi- I gotta find it after we're done here. My, it's fucking awesome. My seventh grade yearbook picture. I'm wearing the Evil Empire shirt, and nice. I looked like that kid. That's like awesome. same haircut. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, awesome. Oh, um, the other time interacting inadvertently with Metallica was at the Golden Gods. Remember? Oh yeah, we played at, this award. We show played this award them. show yeah. with them, and they and they the they closed one, right? right? Or was the Revolver? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a golden guy. And um, and uh, and they they posted uh the lineup list from their and they, they changed everybody's name to something like super oh, derogatory. And, I saw that. And they failed. We were failstorm, and we're like, <laughs> yes. I don't know why I'm so happy. You know about who did that? that. Awesome. James did that. Fuck yeah. That's so cool. That's Isn't awesome. that cool? Yeah, I, know, I mean, that's, I know. that's a compliment. I've, that's I've, it, never, yeah, yeah. I've never been like more excited to have somebody like completely like. <laughs> that's like w- that's like Weird Al want to do when your songs. You're like, <laughs> yeah, please, like, please do, do. please make fun of us. I, I mean, I know that the boys are big Ghost fans, and you guys remind me a lot of Ghost in, oh, in terms of, well, because you dress up like a Pope and everything. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that. that. No, but there's like, that. I feel like Ghost <laughs> is like, Ghost could have been an 80s pop band. Oh, and absolutely. I, I, honestly, so, I hope it doesn't offend you guys, because I mean it in the utmost no, no, complimentary no. I love way. Ghost. You guys, yeah, yeah. you guys' songs could be adapted that way, and they'd be that powerful. That would be awesome. Which I think, as a songwriter, I think is so fucking cool. We, we were obsessed with... Uh, with their last record, Prequel or however yeah, you say it. Well, it's I don't know how to say it. It's, I don't know. It, don't know how to say all, it hits all those like guilty pleasure things without the guilt. You right. know, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I agree. Just, for sure. I, I like we still like on loop. Just like listen to that on the plane. And you know, Nick did their second record. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when we were re- we were recording ours, uh, I think yeah, or were we recording? We're we're we at were Nick's studio and and um, uh, what's his name? Who's Tobias. Ghost? Tobias. God, I was gonna. I was like Tobin, and I was like, that's no. not it. <laughs> yeah, the ghost. Um, the ghost guy. Yeah, he stopped by because him and Nick are still good buddies, and that dude is smart as a whip. Like, oh, really? He's like and like bonafide rock star. Yeah, and he like his knowledge of metal and the production. He like he's calling out like pieces of equipment that started in 1987 on that record, and that's why all these records wow. for the next five years sounded like this. Like he was like. 
into it and he knows yeah. what's up so and cool. I, I was like oh, that full immersion full dedication that dude is yeah. bona fide you yeah. know yeah all right uh do you want to do another one <laughs> Sorry, yeah let's God. do another one uh losing joe what, what are some of your favorite uh musical metallica moments He's, he says an example of mine is creeping death mean his all-time favorite song but uh, musical moments I favorite guess, records yeah. favorite songs favorite tours yeah anything like um, that um well okay so the <laughs> One of the first songs that I, I I got introduced to Metallica when I was like twelve, thirty four ish, and um, I, again I was like very obsessed with in the nineties. I was obsessed with the eighties, so I was listening to you know Cinderella, Alice Cooper, Dio, that kind of thing, you know. And um, so my neighbor David gave me this CD that he didn't want by Metallica, and it was the Garage Inc. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I got introduced to Metallica from their cover record. Um, Did but, you know they were all covers? Yes, the heat explained this to me, but um, but it's interesting because then you work backward, and the next thing that I listened to after that was "So What." Nice, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I can't show this to mom. Right, yeah. But it's you know, I it, I think I to, so for me it was like more of the attitude of Metallica that kind of like that got me, you know. Um, favorite musical moment later on, probably the intro to "Fade to Black" is just gets me for some reason but yeah i'm with you on that i metallica it was like load was the air that like i that i like that, that was the time when i accepted that i liked rock and roll because <laughs> i hated it at first and my brother liked it so i was like i'm not gonna listen to that because he, he he likes that how you old know? are you but i'm just curious 37 or so, i will be in a few weeks so that came out in 95 96 so what was going on with you musically at that time where you didn't like rock and roll? Like, what were you listening to? Um, I wasn't even listening to much music. I, really? It, just my brother liked it. So I refused to until... So you I, weren't playing guitar or anything? No, it wasn't. It was like seventh grade I got into guitar. Wow. Because I, I remember riding home in middle school and hearing... I grew up in Wisconsin and hearing uh, what 1021, the, the rock station there. I don't know what song. It was like Soundgarden or something. And it just like... I was like... Oh my god, that's awesome! And I got to play guitar. <laughs> the and switch I don't know, went off. I don't know why I have to play guitar, but I have to now. I, lo- <laughs> I love that load was part of that for you. That's really cool. Hell yeah, man! Yeah, anything that was on the radio in like '95. Because people, pe- some some like true old school OG Metallica cats don't like that era. No. I'm a big load reload guy. It's because of the time I was like 13, 14. Yeah, it- was it until it until it sleeps? So yeah, freaking. Oh, that's yeah. my favorite Metallica song. Yeah, it's outstanding. Like, I, I just saw the video for that the other day again. Isn't it amazing? Just took me but like yeah it's so like arty and like god remember when there were budgets for videos i know yeah. Yeah, i know kinda. although you guys have real good looking videos oh thanks i love the do not disturb on all the horror elements <laughs> of that. that that must have been fun to make it was hilarious it was funny it was like literally from 4 p.m to 4 20 a.m and we were laughing hilariously just because everything was just so funny and it's a funny video zany. it comes off so, pretty good that's good we want you know i like a smile in rock and roll that's yeah, we don't been missing too. for a well, long you time. Well, because that, that's such an intense song. I could, it could have gone a different kind of way. Uh, yeah, well, and we, I like. And we thought about cheap. that. Yeah, and then we're like, you know, and there's a place for that kind of shit yeah. too. You know, yeah. And you guys have like the desert video with the fire. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, it's like we can be serious when we want to, but right. <laughs> we that, try not to. It's be. cool to have that side of a band though that like come, that might be known as more of a serious rock band. To have elements of humor in there or ridiculousness. It's great. It's balancing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we, uh, again, like, even, like, seeing, like, Metallica, you know, the other night, you know, we, it's, 
they have that element too. It's like the dad humor. They're, they're yeah. oh my gosh, I, I was dying because I'm just like, oh, <laughs> James, you're awesome. Like, good guy, James, yeah. just making sure everyone's having a good time. And um, I thought the Jim Brewer thing was awesome I did too. too. Yeah, like, it was great. Like, what a cool way to open up the show. I wasn't sure what to expect. I'm like, are you going to do comedy, whatever? But he just got everyone pumped up. Everyone sang a bunch of songs that mm-hmm. everybody knew. And you see just 360. Like, these are, if anybody ever dares say there is no rock in Nashville, just go to that. Like, it's just 360. That was our third show in a row that week. We went to 10 years at Cohen. Um, and we went with Nick, all of them, the Bring Me the Horizon. That mm. show with like Thrice, if you guys are into that record. Oh, yeah. Once. I love Thrice. They're awesome. And the Bring Me the Horizon show was amazing. Like, the production was awesome. There's like 6,000 people there. Awesome. And uh, like, they had a production, like, we're in the product, like, figuring out our production scene for these bigger stages we're starting to do. And we have some cool stuff, but theirs was like, you could tell they put money into it. Yeah. But like, the, the lights dropped down, just moving around. Yeah. And, like, full automation. It was awesome. Then you see the Metallica cubes, and you're like, "Oh, oh my god!" Yeah. Then you go to Metallica, oh. and there's eighteen thousand people <laughs> our, there. And our, yeah. ver- our very drunk friend was was being like, "There's actual people in those cubes," because like the one that, like, <laughs> no, no, yeah. honey, there's there's no people. Like, can you do? They're like the roadies well, or something. Like, no, roadie jail. Was it sanitarium? Not, did they do that on? They did sanit- They did that on sanitarium. In when we went to Birmingham, I saw three shows oh, in a row. Really? So I'm, I'm oh, yeah, shaking so you, the you set. Got this, but, you got this. But yeah, they, they like in the cubes, and they're trying to get out. Yeah, it was really well done. That's really funny that someone thought they were people. Oh well, you know. You know, you'll think anything when you have a couple shots. To kill. Where were you guys after that show? Like, what, what part of the play, arena were you? Um, in? We were on the floor. Uh, we were by back. Big Nick. We were by the sound by guy. front of house. Yeah. Oh, okay, front of house. Like basically right close to where the band came running. We out. were okay. We weren't there. We were. We were on. The, I think the opposite, right? Opposite side of yeah. that. Okay. Exact. Opposite. I get turned around in there sometimes. I was like, where is? It? I was looking for front of house, and that was. By like the Lexus Lounge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We were opposite the Lexus Lounge. There was like a, they had a friends and family room. Yeah, we, we were there. Uh, we probably saw you. And didn't we snuck in. We, we literally we didn't snuck mean, into we the We didn't mean to go in there. Well, we had we, we had we had working passes. Our, our buddy hooked us up with, and he was like, "Hey, go down that elevator, and that'll take you to the floor, or whatever." Like, cool. So we got down the elevator, and we go to the left, and all of a sudden, it's like friends and family, and we like look at each other, and I'm like. Okay, I've done a lot of touring. I know we're probably not supposed we to be in here. We just pretended we should have been Just there. act like... And the guy running the door didn't give a shit. He didn't oh, give yeah, a shit. Now, we walked in, and we had, we had a friend in there, too, and so we kind of like were able to mingle and be cool and, you know... Yeah. We weren't trying. Awesome. We weren't trying to like infiltrate anything. We just kind of wandered in. Well, I mean, you kind. Of, when were you in there? You, before or you also, before the show? Yeah, you can always like pull the card. Like, hey, you know, no, we do the podcast. Thing. You know, so, you know yeah. we're, we're kind of a big deal. Oh, they it's love fine. hearing that. Yeah. Oh, a podcast. Yeah. We're the podcast guys. Let us roll. <laughs> the, roll out the red carpet for you. I always thought it was like the, there are <laughs> three. There the are three horrible beginning sentences. One is I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number two is I had the craziest dream last night. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Number three Tell is, about it. and this is the worst one. I wrote this poem. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff Kozak asks: At what point in the progression of the band did you guys feel that you'd quote unquote made it? Was there a defining moment or event? Um, I I think it's been a series of small milestones. Yeah, it, like because it's our north star is always has always been and continues to be like, how do we continue? What's next? What's next? And so for me, I can look back. And I can see where things start to change. And those are those little things that you grab onto that like propel you forward. Like, all right, guys, cool. This happened. Yeah. Let's move on. You know, so for me, it's like we're still, uh, you know, with, you know, we're like, le- it's like video game. It's like you just kind of level up. It's like the same but different 
We got a long ways to go. I don't know. We, but we're yeah. still we're still working toward that. So like I don't know if there's ever going to be for us there is ever going to be like hey guys we made it. We we have a lot of these moments like right now like hey we're not crazy. So yeah. let's keep going, you know. We're still after, a band. You're still a band. We've been the same four members for over 15 years. Maybe if we buy years, a Maui you know? house, we'll be like, "All right, we We've right. made it. We're surfing with Kirk Hammond. Although I can totally. say I can say as of right now like definition of living the dream i get to do what i love for a living with the yeah. people that i love you know traveling the world doing the one thing that i want to do you know yeah. every night that's so it's it's awesome but that's yeah a, that's a that's a great way to look at it too and i, I love what you said about like just little milestones because yeah i'm that way where it's like making it is kind of it's very relative like it, it, it could be all these little things you know maybe at the end of the day it's just i can pay my bills yeah i don't care yeah. if a million people and, know who i am and in like, a lot of ways depending on your goal like again like our goal is to keep going and keep continuing until somebody literally has to drag me off the stage because it's not cute anymore right um <laughs> you know that's like uh, so like that being the goal you know you can't really put those limitations either like we can't be like well when we do this because you know when you're kids you do that like okay man we want to play we want to get on the on the front page of the newspaper yeah all right how do we do that we did that we cool. then, then that happened now we want to play crock rock yeah. now we want to play the next club now we want to open up for nationals now we want to and so all these things and so you start ticking off things like your bucket list but you keep adding things back right. on yeah. like okay what's next yeah. so yeah it's just a journey there's a tiny little shitty rock club in birmingham where i'm from called the nick i don't know if you guys ever had the we might have heard of it we haven't played there it's kind of a famous little dirty rock club yeah. and growing nice. up there it was just, that was like playing the garden for me. So like when I was like yep. 17, 18, playing my first headlining Friday night slot at the Nick and people showed up, I was literally like, I'm the, I did it. Yeah, yep. this is it. Yeah. That's awesome. You know? Remember when we uh, we headlined Electric Factory in, in Philly? Oh, and, what a great club. Oh, that had to feel and, great. And yeah. like we saw, I mean, growing up, like you see so many, and we were the house band at Whiskey Dicks yeah. for years. <laughs> Every Tuesday, the tiny bar we'd, next door we'd be the tiny right? bar yeah, yeah. next door. We're like, well, we're going to be on that was stage. Was Electric Factory like the big kind of local club for you guys that you grew it, up seeing? It was, it was one yeah, of the bigger, TLA, yeah. TLA. The Trocadero that probably, too. Or that's... Well, that's Philly, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Troc is Philly, and I, I didn't see many shows at Troc. It was always TLA or TLA Electric or Factory. Or smells bad by the Trocadero. Yeah. World ca- in World Cafe time. up there? Yeah, World Cafe yeah. is there. Yeah. Played the small room and big room a million times up there. But Electric Factory, that, I mean, that, that was always one of my favorite That's a real rock club. It's a real-ass yeah. club. Like a thousand cats. And the, when, you, when you sell that place out, oh, really? the catering gets better. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Papa John's instead of uh, Domino's. Exactly, yes. yeah. Yes. All right, Nicole Williams asks... Why did you choose to cover the song "Ride the Lightning"? And she writes, "By the way, it's badass," which it is. It is oh, so thank badass. You, that you was, crushed the solo. Dude. Oh my god, oh, I have never seen his fingers move that fast. And um, that was a complete last minute addition. We did not. We weren't. It was on like a big running list, but we were gonna do um, that Percy Sledge cover that "When a Man Loves a Like, oh, I would love to hear that. In from a you in I a weird way too. So we started it right. We started recording it this last day. We always give ourselves like five days, song a day. Recovery P, that's what we do. Yeah. And and so we got to the last day, we're like, we're, we're like, do we really even want to do this? Who's gonna love this? this? My mom is gonna love yeah. this. Do we, <laughs> what else can we do? So we get on the phone with like our A and R and everybody's like, we're gonna do something else. Like, what do you wanna do? Like, I I think we're gonna attempt to do right the lightning. That's a monster song. So my yeah. so my yeah. little brother is literally like on his snare drum, like listening to the song, like counting out things so we can get it done efficiently. And and I mean it took 
forever, but we got it. We got it done. So you basically, and from conception to recording it, that was one day. That you was, charted it and kind of got it under yeah. your hands. Yeah, and, that's yeah. really. Did yeah. you already know it? Like from well, I mean, yeah, kind of, really. but not, what, but not in an active. Like we had never covered it before. Sure. So like to me, it's like it would have been easier. Like we should have started covering this years ago, and it would be easy. You guys had, do it live. Uh, no. no, we were sound checking it for a while, Absolutely. trying to see if we could like pull it off, and it just wasn't coming together right. And right. kind of, I don't know, kind of then lost interest. Or well, once forgot. me and Clint go on tour with you, you, we can jump up there for that song. Awesome. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Like it's one thing to do like this all-inclusive like humble pie song or like something that you know or something female fronted or whatever yeah. that's like people are going to be like uh, but it's like it's a whole other like level of pressure when you're like let's do ride the lightning live you know with a lot of people that are just going to like put that on youtube right yeah. after we're like do we really so like every time yeah. we're like we got it close let's just do it let's just throw it in and we're like oh no let's not uh, do there's, it there's not room so, anymore to like fuck up or something it's going to be out there and, yeah. and and on one hand sometimes sometimes we're like screw it let's just do it and like we started doing that a couple times with just like, um, you know, even like with me, like on piano or something, I'll, I'll start just throwing something in just for that day. Like I'll learn it before the show and we'll just go out and do it. So sometimes you want to risk it. Other times you just don't want to risk yeah. it. It's not like that. You want to, you know, and Metallica is like up there, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, well, I also want to encourage our fans listening to check out these cover pieces, three of them. And I love when bands do this, when they kind of cross genre. Oh yeah. You know, like my, I made a note, uh, my, Fell in Black Days is fucking great. Oh, thank you. Uh, and Hunger Strike sounds amazing. Thank you. I like the key change. The, the, the difference key. And Bad Romance was... I don't even oh, like... Lady Gaga? I mean, I, I mean, I've heard her hits, but like, I listened to your guys' version. I was like, this is a good song. Oh, thank you. It's a good rock song. Well, yeah. it, it's interesting because like, there are some songs that, that you know are you know popular in the, in the pop world but they lend themselves so well like you know we were like dude we can already hear that was very easy because yeah. we could already hear what we would do and basically just replacing everything and, and i'll pop the octave at the end and make it into something yeah. ridiculous you know but that's yeah that's cool so that was fun and you kind of got the good balance of you got the good growl and you got a nice smooth thing too so oh, thanks. you can kind of do all that What what do you is it hard for you to do that kind of growly shit like night to night? You kind of you can kind of get into Phil and Selmo world a little bit. Yeah, I'm you know, when I do the guttural stuff it doesn't hurt. It's not like um get it's not like you know, I, I've seen some people do this. Well, they're just like scream before a show so they have that thing going right, on. Yeah. I don't do that. It's more of like um to me it's a little bit of a trickery thing. It's like it's almost the way the only way I can describe it and how it feels is that I'm confusing my own body into like, is it head voice? Is it chest? I don't know. I'll pull yeah. it up. And Are you doing you... it at a low volume? No. Like it, it's loud? <laughs> Which is hilarious. Because so really? I know because <laughs> I know people who do that and they're like, no, you got to do it inward. Right. I'm like, I, right. I just don't have that talent. Mm -hmm. to I, I'm a loud person, I guess. But, um, but uh, no, it's interesting because, I, and that's a huge compliment, by the way. Thank you so much because I like You're being... You're welcome. <laughs> Something as a, with a singer for me, I, I want to be multifaceted. I want to, over the course of a night, me to be screaming my head off, and then the next one I'll do this nice little love ballad. Sure, so yeah. you can see I can do the other thing too. No, it's a it's weird, really cool. It's I think that's where my ego lies is right there, and that's <laughs> the in between of that. 
that thing. But do you feel that way? Like I, I saw a thing where you guys were doing some TV show, and Selena Gomez was the guest sitting there, <laughs> yeah. and then you guys did it some tune, and it was like a big vocal tune for you, and mm-hmm. like all the comments were like, "The vocal's amazing," and it was. But do you ever feel like a, a great singer, like whoever, Lord or Marin Moore? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Just whoever. Barbara Streisand. <clears throat> of course. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> do you feel like you want to prove to them that because maybe they assume certain things about a rock band, but you kind of feel like, listen, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I also think about it from their standpoint as in like every pop chick, and this is not dissing pop chicks. I, I know a couple of them, but, um, but everybody wants to be a rock star. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Whether you're a rap star, pop star, country, everybody wants to be a rock star. So my view of it is that just be that, right? You yeah. know, be the real thing. Be the, be all of those things that 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 is that you know what they want to be. And so, like to me, um, yeah, showing that at two different genres. Like I um I got to get up with Eric Church at the mm-hmm. CMAs, CMTs, oh, cool. one year, and that was an amazing thing because uh, you know at the time you know I knew nothing about country. I'm just the black sheep at the awards. I'm like that guy looks like he's somebody, but I don't know who he is, you know, and to get that opportunity and this is hugely you know obviously eric church is a great guy for doing this but giving me that opportunity to be like no i can rock but it's good yeah it's yeah. not like i'm trying to be offensive i'm just doing my thing was that his deal was that his you know? invite oh or absolutely that wasn't he's, like a label a, or a management he's a smart thing? guy no he contacted us um, no he's cool metallica had him at their orion festival yeah yeah dude he's awesome and um his his band wasn't it his band that introduced him to RCD? Yeah, they're a bunch of rockers. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I yeah. forget how that. Most, most country bands in this town are displaced rock kids yeah. like me. <laughs> but it, but he took us out on tour after that too. So like it, it started. Eric did? Yeah. Wow. It, it started it with awesome. with the CMA wow. CMTs, and he's like, that, you know, hey, so we got this weird <laughs> letter from <laughs> Eric Church's company. He he's doing he's performing at the CMAs. They want him to do a single. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to do that damn rock and roll, but he wants you to sing with him. And so I'm like, okay. So, sure. Always say yes and then figure it out later. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, how we, that's how we run our business. Sure say yes, that. dive head first. So, um, so I go up there to do it. We do the song. We have like our separate part duet thing. A minute before he's about to like go into this pit to be like elevated up through the stage for his like intro... He's like, Lizzie, I've been thinking about what we've been doing. He's like, there's going to be a point in time. I'm just going to step back. You just do your thing. Just make a moment. Good luck. I'm like, what? What moment? So so we do this performance, and I, like, I can see it in my face. I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, we're not doing. And he gave me the opportunity to prove myself with all of these wow. people. And and then he took us out on tour. And the first day of tour, he's like, all right, I don't you cater to the audience. I, I want no ballads. Don't do anything even remotely country. Come out swinging. This is what you're here for. And <laughs> we went out opening up for him and Dwight Yoakam. Wow. And wow. blew some cowboys. I'm sure you did. Yeah. It was so. It was like so amazing as a musician because you have like you have like three songs to like prove yourself to these guys and like front row like crossed armed like I don't know what we're let's see what you get. let's we, see what you got girl we had a good approach it was awesome because like then did, when you get them it's like whoa yeah we did it like we did back in the day when nobody knew who we were we we're like all right what's the best thing we got going for us and it was like Lizzie's voice cool. That's how we're going to start to show acapella. Then there's guys. like no genre involved. <laughs> they, they don't know what Smart. it is. You know, she'd start off sage singing and walk out singing and people be like, woo, <laughs> I like this. And then we'd come in like heavy and then be like, huh? Wait a uh, second. This is, that's Wait not, a minute. 
Huh? Yeah. Surprise. It was they, good. It they was like that. They did that to me opening up for Megadeth. <laughs> it's like... In France. Oh, no. <laughs> it, no, it was awesome. Go get them, Tiger. We had two shows sure. opening for, up for Go. Megadeth, but it wasn't advertised that there was an opening band, and they had already been sold out, and this was like <laughs> 09 or 2010, our first or second time in Europe ever. So nobody knew who we were. It wasn't advertised, and we knew some of their crew guys from previous tours, and they were like, hey... Just keep your eyes open out there because uh, Megadeth fans throw things like, yeah, coins, like coins and shoes. Oh, and, yeah. Jesus. Jeez, and, uh, so they all look at me. They're like, good, good luck, luck, Lizzie. You're starting this one. Like you come out in full catcher's gear. Like yeah, Axl exactly. Rose, yeah. early 90s. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. No, it was, so, but, but it's it was fun, great. It's fun to win people over. over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I did, I did six. I was in a kind of an ambient radioheadish rock band with a female lead singer called Duga. And we were signed to Zach Brown's record label because oh, nice. he was a fan. And we, he took us out for six months. Oh, that's awesome. And... You know, some nights were okay. Like, if we were in L.A., it was okay. If we were in Kansas, it was real weird for yeah, us. It's like, who but there was you? something fun about that again, like having to prove it again yeah. and get people on your side. Yeah, yeah for cause sure. Yeah, because up until that point, like, you know, we had gotten used to, like, if we do a show, in general, people have heard of us or know sure. what, what they're getting themselves into. Here, it was absolutely new again. Right. And it's like, you, you, you almost, you really get off on it because you're, like, looking at the guy and you're like... I'm gonna get you, yeah. and so you start staring him down. They like, okay, that's weird, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But but then like they're like, nope, and then they're like shoving their buddy, like, hey, no, actually, that's gonna. And then all of a sudden at the end, when they're like, woo, yeah. like, all yeah, right, yeah. got you, yeah. Reminds me of Jason Lee and Almost Famous. They're like, I get people I off. Yeah. I, I find look for the one. <laughs> yeah, the one guy who's not my favorite movie, and I make him get off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what does he say? He's like, that's the thing. What does he call it? Uh, the um, magic or the. Um, the buzz. That's yeah, that's the buzz. buzz. That's the buzz, man. Yeah. You know what I do? I connect. I get people off. I look for the one guy who isn't getting off, and I make him get off. Actually, that you can print. What I'm talking about is... Wait, what am I talking about? The buzz. <laughs> All right, are we cool for more questions? Of course. Uh, you want to do one? Yeah, we're, uh, we're <laughs> last, Nicole's last one. Uh, yeah. Simon Wellman says, I would like to ask... What are they most proud of? Album, song, performance, something else from a, from a professional point of view? Something in your career that, that we're extremely that you're, that you're proud, proud of. of. Yeah. Um, staying together. That's a good That's a big one. Um, I think that's our biggest personal triumph. We've been the same four members for over 15 years. And we haven't killed each other yet. Um, living two feet from each other in whatever monstrosity that we're touring in. Um, uh, also, I don't know. I think the live performance, I think I'm really proud of. Yeah. That, to me, it's our commitment to always get better like every show is just like all right we could do this better and then do it and get better yeah, and try to just try to be a better band always and not not settling maybe is what i'm looking for yeah was there ever time when it when it looked like the band might not stay be the same or you might get a different your brother might move on or you might have to get someone else or no not since this you know these so like my brother and i started i was 13 and he was 10 Mm-hmm. We named the band Hailstorm. My brother was always very good at drums, so all I had to do was like write stupid little songs on yeah. the I was playing guitar at the time, which yes. is my gateway from piano to guitar. Um, Could have been that Flock of Seagulls cover yeah. band any That's day. That's right. Yeah. I know. No, if you want to laugh, all that stuff came back out on YouTube and oh, to haunt me. <laughs> Things I didn't even remember you we could did. Do your hair and up, all like... of a sudden, like some fan is like, look what I found. I'm like, no, no, no. It's still um, there. It's, it's, awesome. oh, it's over there. So if you want to laugh at three in the morning, get stoned and you know, do that. But, um, that's my plan tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, look up like hailstorm 99, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, so we started young, but we had this kind of rotating door of like young musicians. So we'd have 
a 16-year-old guitar player that was in it for six months because his mom gave us an ultimatum. If we're not signed in six months, I'm pulling him out. You know, that kind of thing. And then we had um, two other members that were buddies, and they were in the band for a second, but then they figured out they could make more money being a cover band, and they didn't want to do the original thing. Totally fine. But we were, like, in limbo for a while. We found Joe and Josh. And from that moment that we all met and we hung out and we jammed, it hasn't that hasn't wavered. Yeah, that's when like all. If, the, if anything, we're still just as immature. <laughs> we sure, didn't grow yeah. up since that. But when know. that lineup came together, that was like okay, all the all the puzzle pieces have fit finally. Like yeah. that's your kill them all lineup. You that's know, like, the buzz. That's, that's the, the buzz, buzz man. man. Well, it's funny because even like little bro was saying this to me. He's like, "Do you remember like us talking about that after like we had that first little jam session? We we jammed to." Um, uh, what was the Beatles song? We we covered it later. Uh, uh, She's so heavy. I want you. So yeah. I want you was the first song that we we all collectively like knew together. Like oh that's one we all know. Yeah. Let's start there. You know, and it went on for like remember it went on we, forever. Like, and then RJ up. like freaked out like in a good way freaked out like destroyed his kid. He's like and I remember him. He was telling me this the other day. He's like remember that feeling we got like we're now we're a band. It took yeah. us years to get to the point where we're a band. And then it was just. Yeah, it's just remained the same. So awesome. That's so cool. That's yeah. awesome. Biggest accomplishment. Good. <laughs> Great answer. Um, I was going to say maybe getting that cowbell, but... There is that... Yeah. Well, we still have yet to put it on something. That's still something to be proud of. I'm going to yeah. go write something tonight. Yeah, there with we the, go. Start with yeah. the cowbell. Start cowbell with heavy. Cowbell. <laughs> just start there and then Ooh, riff around that. That's a great idea. Start with the cowbell. Yeah. yeah. You never... Nobody you, ever starts with Who does that anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the last band and maybe the only band was Blue Oyster Cult. Skid Row. Skid Row. Monkey Business. War. War. war, yeah, it has a cowbell riff. I need a cowbell riff. And um, I gotta beat the uh, war one. Yeah, you do. Right. Uh, yeah. Or all my friends. That was cowbell all riff tonight. New the low rider. Um, I like that we may have somehow inadvertently inspired the next Hailstorm single. Yeah. I, I think no uh, that's what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kevin Van Dam says, will you cover another Metallica song? 10% a question, 90% a request. Ooh. Mm. Um, absolutely. I mean, I don't see what... What would you I guys... I think King Nothing what, might be uh, on the docket for Joe. I was going to say, what would you guys want to hear? Yeah. That was a, that oh, was, so I you... Would, why didn't you bring that up when we were doing right? We could have done that song. It would have been a much easier song. It would have been such an easier song. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, I'm down I'm with that. I'm scared. I'd, I'd want to do something off load or something that offends the most people. There you go. <laughs> most fans. Anger. <laughs> you guys do that every couple of years. Is that sort of part of your cycle? It it, it has been. We've been talking about it lately because like we haven't really like been like excited to do that. You know, like yeah. we've 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 actually been writing a lot of original material. We almost want to just like go in and do another record. Wow. You know, but I I love doing the cover thing because it's almost we use it as a tool sometimes yeah. to like experiment it's like a, because it's a palate cleanser too a little bit. Yeah, and it's kind of a no a low pressure one because yeah. I mean obviously without unless you do ride the lightning. You know? <laughs> yeah, that is, but but it's like you know the song is already proven. You don't have to have that whole guess factor of like is it going to be a hit? No, it was already a hit. Doesn't matter. But it's something for the fans. But it's also like for instance um, when we did that Skid Row cover on the first one. That inadvertently inspired Love Bites uh, okay. um, because we didn't have anything like like that in that tempo. So we're like, okay, let's, let's get that, that tempo with that energy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so we ended up doing Love Bites. So, um, so you did uh, Slate of the Grind, right? Yeah, yeah Slate yeah. of the Grind, yeah. Nice. So, so, uh, so in that aspect, I'm like, are we shooting ourselves in the foot if we don't do it? Sometimes maybe that's our process. Maybe we got to experiment with something new 
whilst doing somebody else's song yeah. to get good use of whilst. Yeah. yeah. Whilst. whilst uh, good use of whilst. I love that word. That I don't know solid. why. And also, none of us knew that word until we got iPhones. <laughs> or how to whilst. spell it. <laughs> whilst. Why is it auto- just, autocorrecting to whilst? What is this? I just looked up how to spell couth the other day. Like, is like, it C O U T H? It's, uh, is, I thought, it, I think it's K. Wow. K-U-T-H. Or is it C? no? It is C. It's C O U T H. Yeah, but I thought it was K, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think I've actually spelled this before. What's, so, yeah. what's can you use it in a sentence? Um, Would it be couth to use it in a sentence? <laughs> that, oh, toilet paper word. Look at there. smarty pants wow. over there. I, I had that in the chamber. He does live. I was behind, hoping couth wow. would come up. He does I, live behind a school. You too, literally so. blew my. Yeah, you blew my mind there with that. That's amazing. That's a prestigious elementary school. How do you right ask here. a question and answer it at the same time? No. You're a great podcast host. Wow. Look no further. Wow. You really podcast. Wow. <laughs> you podcast so hard. <laughs> um, here's another question, and I was actually curious about this too. Um, uh, Rye, that's all his name is. R-Y. Hi, Rye. That's Rye from Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Oh, right, does right, the right, Black yeah. Sabbath totally. podcast. Totally. Cool. He does a Black Sabbath podcast. Um, what were the vibes like when you were brought into the Heaven and Hell tour? And correct, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys just came on the last show? Just the last, yeah, show. last show. Okay. I wanted to make sure when they asked that. Um, any epic deal encounters? I've always wondered if they were... Uh, if if they were tight on that tour, uh, yeah, any kind of memory. I know it was only one show, but yeah, no, we we uh, our agent, our booking agent, knew that Lizzie was a big Dio fan, and he was booking Heaven and Hell too. And Coheed and Cambria couldn't make the very last show of that tour in Atlantic City, and we happened to have a day off in between shows on whatever tour we were on. He's like, "Do you guys want to do that?" We're like, yeah, "Yes, we want to we'll drive do that. For it, however yep. long we have to." Yes, and uh, turned out to be Ronnie's last show ever. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Lizzie, you have a good Dio story from. Oh well, you know, it's like they were such nice dudes, and it's like it's really nerve wracking when you're like you're opening up a set, and at the it was in Atlantic City at the House of Blues, so they have these little balconies off mm-hmm. of every dressing room, and you see Geezer Butler and <laughs> yeah. and just like watching the set, and we're like, oh damn, don't mess up. Oh, you messed up, crap, you know. But um, after the show, they were just so nice, and it's like it just felt, they made you feel like you had been on the tour, oh, you know, cool. and that you were there, and, and they hung out with us. They didn't have to. It's cool, so they were they aware that they there were was aware. a change in the tour and the yeah, other band Yeah, they were absolutely aware. They were, like, just around. That's so cool. You know, and so at the end of the night, it was, like, 2 in the morning, whatever, and at the end of the night, um, we're walking out. Well, when we met... Yeah, Ronnie, yeah. I'm, I'm, before you get to that, oh, okay, he sorry. came up to Lizzie and like reached up and like pinched her cheek. He's like, you got it, girl, you know, <laughs> you and he I'm signed like... her, her, they gave us oh, all yeah. the backstage passes because yeah. it was the end of the Holy tour man, and, yeah. and he like, you kick ass. And... and he's like, is that okay that I said ass? I'm like, yes, that's fine. That's Ryan. fine, Mr. Dio. Totally yes. fine. What a nice man. What a nice guy. <laughs> but so like, so after that, like, cause they stopped their whole like meet and greet to come and hang out. Remember? Yeah. They stopped their meet and greet. They're like, wait, 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 wait just stop the line here. Cause like, you guys were splitting or something? No. We were just hanging out, and I don't. They, oh. I guess, whatever. And kind of waiting for them to be done. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, we were just waiting, and they did that. So anyway, fast forward, to the end, and I like they're we're hanging out. And they're like, oh, I guess we gotta go, and so we're all going out to like the buses, and and we were in an RV at the time, and so Ronnie turns and he's like, just wait, wait right here, don't leave yet. I I gotta say hi to these fans, but I want to say bye, you know, before we leave. And I'm like, okay, cool, you know. So we're like just waiting, you know, yeah. for Ronnie to be done, and he signed everything for everybody, every picture, every you know, everything. And then he still came back to say bye. Wow. Wow. And and I I told him I'm like Ronnie, like it's almost three in the morning. Like if you wanted to just go to bed and and leave, like I would understand. And and he looks at me. He's like he's like Lizzie. <laughs> he wags his finger. He's like it's a moment in time. You know you are never gonna remember 
all these venues or all these people that you meet, but they're going to remember meeting you for the rest of their life. That's so you cool. make it good for everyone. Man, I love and that. And I'm like, uh-huh. and then it's funny because it took me years because I'm thinking he's teaching me a lesson like about what he just did to his fans, right? Right. But it took me years to like, the epiphany to having like, oh my God, he did that for me. It was me. He literally, he made a moment in time for me that I now have that. Right. I know that Ronnie came back to say bye to me and made it good. Amazing. For me. He made that moment for me so so that I'll remember that for the rest of my That's life. so cool. And I'm like, I get like emotional thinking about it because like what, what band you know, you know, remember what? He, the, how many years? You know, like he's a legend. Yeah, he doesn't have to do that. Right. I'd still think he's great, even if he never said hi. To even me. if he was kind of an asshole, you'd be like, "Well, it's deal. But it's deal. Yeah, it's he's, fine. He's allowed to." But what a cool guy! And so when we went, we did his um his stand up and shout kind of uh, uh, benefit tribute benefit yeah. thing, and um and it was great to hear all the stories that everyone had like very similar like wow like we just didn't realize and he was so amazing and. That's what I love about that Donington record, you know, that live record, because there are certain songs where like he starts with like the second verse and you're not <laughs> quite sure. Did he mean to do that or he just right. screwed up, but he comes back around. It's like, what a great. Yeah. Thing, I have a, so. At that, at that uh, stand up and shout benefit, there was a silent auction. Oh like, yeah. She, she had some shoes from a music video or some Foot other snippers. stuff that we yeah. all donated, but I bid on the weirdest thing I found in there, which is Ronnie James Dio's personal bookends. <laughs> wow! What are they? House. They're just clear, and they have his initials. Okay, and cool. I won them. Yeah. Wow! Cool. Awesome. So I've run bookends. That's, That's fun. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's ridiculous. I love how random it is. Too. They're yeah, like, no, they're like you were the only one who wanted this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, the only bid, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, the bookends go to the only bid, the only bidder. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jake Sarchet says, "What's it like being in a band with your brother?" Uh, he has two, so maybe we'll start there. What's it like being in a band with your brother all these years later? Seems pretty good. No, it's awesome. He's my little buddy. And and there's something about when that is just a factor in your band, the family thing, because we know how to fight and not break the whole thing up, mm-hmm. you know, and like not like throw everything out because we had a fight, you know, it's like, and I think that bleeds into, you know, the rest of the band members and also our crew. So it's like now it's just, it's been this inadvertent, inadvertent you know, like, um, uh, I don't know, just the way things are in our camp, you know, this culture that we have, which is kind of a family culture as in like, okay, we can all be completely brutally honest with each other. We could have a spat, we can do whatever and still be like, ah, but you know, uh, that's pretty cool. Let, yeah, let's go, totally. You know, let's, let's go on stage and rock this. Awesome. But he's awesome because he's always kind of completed me with this band where it's like, there's so much that I can't do that he's able to do and then vice versa. So, us jamming together as kids, this was always something that we could do together. And so the fact that like we're doing this together, we have a lot of those like remember when yeah, moments yeah. with each other. And um, so that is also extremely fulfilling to like have that memory with, with a family member. Cause a lot of people that tour, you know, you're on tour 90% of the year and you never see your family, you know? So the fact that I have that family aspect too is always cool. That's awesome. You know, it's really cool. Very cool. And, and we, I'm sure that plays a part in the, the, oh, the unity music. of the music. And uh, there's a musical language you have with something yeah. like, Siblings. like, even yeah. though my brother is very like, um, inconsistent is not the word. He's very sporadic and he's, uh, unpredictable, mm-hmm. which is part of what we do as a band, part of our sound. But, um, but there are moments where, like, I'm like, I look back and I'm like, oh, I know he's gonna hit that symbol. I know he's gonna crash right now. Like, yeah, that's that's what's happening, yeah. you know. And it's fun to do that with somebody that you've known your entire life. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. What are you gonna say, Joe? Um, he hates it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I'm I, I quit. 
<laughs> and I quit. No. All right, this is a follow-up question. And this is this is an interesting question. It says relating to the provocative lyrics and attention Lizzie must receive from male groupies. Ooh. Movies. Uh, does it get awkward? P.S. Lizzie, marry me. I'm sure you get that all the time. Oh, like awkward as as in like family member situation. Well, I think maybe that uh, that's an interesting angle too. So like your mom's gonna hear "Do Not Disturb," so you got to explain that maybe, or she doesn't <laughs> care because you're a grown up. She doesn't care. Um, or the the angle of like getting a lot of attention, the kind of attention that a dude might get. It's the same deal mm-hmm. from females or however it works, or females for you or dudes for you. How do you navigate that? Or do you? Is it um, even a thing? I, I get both. The ladies love me just as much. So yeah. I get a, a good 50-50. Ladies are crazier. Yeah. The <laughs> girls are crazier um, as far as groupies go. But uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like to me, it's like I, I grew up listening to a lot of um, a lot of male fronted rock and mm-hmm. a lot of sexually charged, you know, like there's there's what, like zeppelin there's zeppelin and then there's van halen yeah, and totally. uh there's there's that whole point in remember that rainbow song i want to love you all night uh, long no. and they're talking about <laughs> like you know like th- those things you're talking about a girl backstage i don't know so for me it's a very natural thing for me to talk mm-hmm. about because that's part of it that's yeah, part sure. of the rock that's part of the rock the buzz, thing man. That it's, that's the buzz. it's it's some of the folklore you know some of the folklore uh, and and the fantasy the of, mythology yeah yeah of of being a rock star and so to to be able to kind of you know, live that to a certain extent, but also to write about it. it it's I I understand how it's different coming from a female perspective, but mm-hmm. it's amazing how I thought I was gonna get more hate mail because of it, because of like, oh, you're a girl, you shouldn't be talking about that, or or my daughter hears this, and you know, you're supposed to be a good role model, blah blah. blah. But I'm I've gotten the complete opposite. I've gotten letters from mothers being like, thank you for owning your sexuality That's and cool. and 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 being. Um, strong in that aspect or from from a position of power in that aspect because I want my you know little girl to hear that I think so that's awesome. which it's is great, which yeah. is really cool and it's something that I didn't expect doing I just you know I like writing about that stuff well, and it's that's, fun. I mean, you're, you're just being you too you know what I'm saying yeah. like and like we talked about earlier that transparency I think people over time I mean, there might be some people who don't like it but that transparency that you're putting out oh yes in music people they see it and they embrace it. I, I find that the more you are yourself, for better or worse, because believe me, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not, I'm not even a really good role model, but you put yourself out there and the things that you believe in and that fundamental truth that put out that positivity, put out that empowerment, that strength, and people recognize that more so than yeah. if you're trying to be something that you're not. Sure, you know, so th- that to me is really cool. I have one more follow up that's kind of oh in yeah, that. and I'm not trying to ignore you, Joe. Oh, I'm gonna ask every he, other he's question. He's like, please to ignore you. me. I'm <laughs> Someone else asked, and I thought this is interesting because uh, some some people get kind of butthurt about the framing of this question. That's like, okay, and I'm sensitive to that too because I've worked with female artists. For much of my career, but it's like I'm not a female rock star. I'm a rock star. I get that, but actually, I but I are. do think there's a difference in gender and like yeah. there's a different way that it, you interact as a female in an industry like the music industry. Absolutely. So Michael Salazar asks, "What are some of the biggest challenges of being a front woman for a popular band?" Which ties into that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean the challenges that I face. I had blinders on for many years. Like you go through these like tears of of these battles that you kind of go through, like. The first is yourself, as in like I grew up in a household where we really didn't talk about the whole glass ceiling thing. You're not we didn't like mom didn't like sit me down and be like, so I know you want to do this, but you're going to get out in the real world and they're not going to like really Girls can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't I wasn't aware. And so you just have this like 
these moments that happen in your life, like when we're like carrying in our equipment and I'm carrying in my guitar and some, one of the roadie guys goes by like, Oh, my girlfriend never carries my guitars. Like n- just assuming, Bungies. no, no, no. Like, but you know, rightfully Fun. so. My girlfriend but, doesn't change my guitar yeah, but, strings. But then, so, so in that, in that, in that level, you use that as kind of a weapon. So that's when we started like, okay, well let's just start with me. Cause no one's expecting me to be out there. So, let's do that and, mm-hmm. and use that as a, as a, ah, and then you'd, you'd get those guys later on and be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, like, yeah, well, oh, you cool. assumed. Oh, now you're sorry. Now yeah. you're sorry. Yeah. So, but then you get, well, to hey, an apology is better than nothing. So, True. Hey, well, we were, I was wrong. That's I cool. did, but, you know, but once out of every like hundred. Every, yeah. <laughs> but, so, but you use that as an internal weapon. Like to me, like I never, I never, um, that was never a factor in like whether or not I can do it. It was just like, well, that's ridiculous. Let me go show you something else. Um, then when we were shopping to labels and we shopped for, you know, like, and showcased for like everybody and their mother. And they all said the same thing. They're like, we love you, what you do, but we don't know what to do with you. The girlfriended rock thing isn't really a thing. And my boss isn't going to be down for it. Blah, blah, blah. Like there's already one girl. There's already one girl on our roster. So that's one. Yeah. Jeez. So we yeah. filled, we filled that, that, Slot. I get people off. Uh, sorry, I, I live. I live in a bus full of boys. That's gonna happen. Um, it's a bound habit. But so, but then you like literally. You then you get this defiance, and you're like, well, that's ridiculous. I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and now to be on this like tier of, hey, like you're looking at these women in this audience, and you're like, look at. I didn't give up, and I'm here, and so can you. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah. that's to me is awesome. So, but to, as far as hurdles go, my hurdles are absolutely internal, and it's everything that I think about myself. I don't think about it. But given your statement, I don't. I don't agree with like, oh, it should just be a rock star. There is a difference. I got I into agree. rock music for a very different reason than my male counterparts, um, and I also think about being a female like i know absolutely that i can pull off a song like i get off on you getting off on me that some of my male counterparts if they did that same exact song would get like you know (laughs) shunned off the face of the earth for doing so i'm aware of that and but uh, but you also use that and and i'm very proud of it what about in terms of aesthetics like some of my female side musicians here who play bass for whoever play bass for big acts and stuff um you know, they talk about how a dude can roll out, out of the bus and look like me, a schlub, a schlubby rock guy, but they feel more pressure to uh, to, to be more aesthetically pleasing or to have, they oh, have yeah. to deal with, they have to worry about how they look, whereas they feel like men least so. I, 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 you know, absolutely. There is, there is something to that. And um, the way that I combat that, because I go through that too, where it's like, you know, even today, like I'm wearing blush for you guys, even though it's a podcast, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, we could take pictures later. It gets on the internet. Um, you know, you go through that in your head. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, I could just say, screw it one day and be like, I'm not going to do that anymore on stage. And I would still feel awesome once I get out on that stage. Because yeah. when I get on stage, there's a thing that happens where everything makes sense in my life and everything, uh, it doesn't matter what I look like or what's going on. If I'm sweaty, it doesn't matter. I feel, I feel sexy and mm-hmm. I feel like the best version of me. So, I, you know, I try to talk about that with some of my female counterparts that are like f- struggling with that a little bit. And like, yeah, oh, wow. I got to be skinny and I got to like look good and I got to have my hair this way. Um, truth be told, if you bring it on stage, it doesn't matter what you look like. Totally. You know, so you just have to kind of like, again, with that internal battle, you have to be, you have to get 
that's what you got to like focus on and that, you know, get to that point where you're okay that's with cool. everything in yourself. That's you know? great advice. That's awesome. That's the buzz on stage. That's the buzz, man. <laughs> do the, I have to watch that movie now, yeah. like again. Do the boys? Do the boys feel a sense of protection, sisterly, brotherly? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, no, part of it, no, right? We, yeah, totally. Not like, that you need to be protected and all that stuff. I don't want to trigger any no, super no, liberal no, snowflakey it, people, but whatever. They, uh, <laughs> you know, guys have gotten on stage before, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'll Keith Richards, a motherfucker. Yeah, man. Talk, yeah. talk about what they're, you're referencing because that's one of the best things on the internet. When he takes his guitar, uh, it's like, yeah, it looks like it's like New Year's Eve or some shit. There's like <laughs> Mick's got a big flag on him. And yeah, shit. and and, and uh, some guy gets on stage and right in the middle of the song, Keith's just playing. And he just takes the guitar strap off his shoulder and gets start to, gets ready to swing like a baseball bat before the guy you know <laughs> and then just puts it back on and yeah, keeps, his, his keeps level rocking. of cash during yeah. that yeah. whole scenario is remarkable oh yeah, yeah. well and it's funny because it's like there is a camaraderie on stage and like and and, and I mean, there is the factor that I, you know, I'm a girl too, and and I do like to dress up, and it's fun with the high heels and the short skirts. So there's that too. But these guys, like, they're we're all like, it, it, same thing. If somebody gets like back to little bro, it's like you don't mess with little bro. Yeah, it's we, a family. You know, yeah. it's like that kind of thing. So they're and my we allies. have security now that we tour with, and uh, man, I've never seen some of these big guys move so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it is. Hilarious. It's amazing when you t- when, when you tour security, and you know, like. You hope that they don't ever have to use their skills. Yeah, you hope that you don't want to see come that. To that. No, <laughs> but so when I was at Kings Leon, they traveled two guys, and one time I finally got to see one of those dudes unleash on a crazy fan that tried to r- bum rush the stage. That's amazing. It was incredible. I bet it kind of scary too. Oh, yeah. Scary, but I've been waiting. It was, stu- it was this dude named Drew who was this gigantic. I mean, massive dude. Yeah, probably a sweetheart too. Oh, the nicest yeah, dude. They're, they're, they're all super, super sweet. sweet. Absolutely. And so you never want to see like when all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, this beautiful man you know is yeah. eating the living shit oh it was great no I mean, it was at the it was at the k-rock almost acoustic christmas and this dude ran through like pipe and drape and tried to go up these stairs and he just turned around it was just like one hand it was like the undertaker and he just like threw him off the stairs oh my went down i mean just tossed him like a little doll look i'd amazing. had a lot to drink that night oh. a lot. and that's how me and clint met <laughs> did you see that stone sour video in russia yes that their uh security guy like it was yeah. like, is that where Corey at the end's like, get off my stage, he's bro? Like, you don't he's come like, up. He's like, sucks to be you, bro, or yeah, whatever yeah, he said. Yeah. yeah. No, he's right. You know, like, no, I things changed when Dime Bay got shot. Big time. Yep, you know? Absolutely. It's, it started to get real scary. Yeah. And you, you don't know someone's intention. And it's not, you know, we got to feel safe up there. And, and you don't belong there. Like, you really don't. That's not. Yeah. For you don't you. jump behind the counter at Starbucks and try to make your own coffee. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Let them do <laughs> it. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. They, they frown upon that. Have you seen that video of Maynard James Keenan? A guy jumps up and he. He's, they're singing the song Push It. I don't know if you guys are Tool fans, but he puts him in this like Brazilian jiu-jitsu hold and he sings the whole song. Oh, Maynard does? Yeah. I didn't see oh, that. Wow. That's awesome. Like during the Enema, it's like 96, 97. Oh, that's I'm, awesome. We're, we're doing festivals with them this summer. I'm pumped. Oh, wow. my, my first concert that Europe I bought shit. tickets to was Tool. Really? Which yeah. record? Lateralist. Yeah, so I love it. During it. That, yeah. So I saw that tour. Yeah, I went, with a, I went with a date. He fell asleep and... Fell asleep? Yeah. The, well, th- that was a good test because we didn't speak after that. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. It was like, okay, we're not going to work out. So yeah. we have two more questions. We're going to let you guys get out of here. Unless you want to live with me and my family now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can move I in saw, too. What's I for dinner? The, I saw... <laughs> I saw the trike outside. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, that, that's mine. I, that's was, your, I, I, I ride it over here. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you think with the, little, the little huffy. You know, <laughs> like uh, right by Opry Mills, there's, the there's a little bridge that goes into my neighborhood, so it's really easy to get over. Yeah. It only took about two and a half days. Yeah, your knees up to your ears. Yeah, I left on Sunday. So the last two questions are touring questions. So those should be easy. 
Number one is from Aurelian Moreau. He says, which extent does the size of the attendance impact your set list? So oh. big festival versus when you go back and do the Croc Rock or the Croc Festival. Croc the Croc Festival. What is it called? What's the thing you do? The Croc Festival is the festival for the Crocs, for the For, for the, the Crocodiles? For the shoes. Oh, you yeah. have to wear Crocs. Yeah. Which Sorry. is the Superman. Have... What's the Croc thing? I Wait, there's a... The, croc Rock. The term oh, Croc Rock oh, and Alan, like Alan Alan Club. Club. Oh, yeah. I'm like, wait, there's a festival for the venue Crocs? venue they got started. Why aren't oh, we booked for oh, that's this? that's a venue. Sorry. It's a venue, yeah. yeah. But yes. <laughs> All right. Do, so. do, you, do you like Crocs is what we're asking. <laughs> <laughs> we love Crocs. And we love- how many pairs of Crocs do you own between the two of you? Um, None, actually. None. Shit. So do you guys play the same set every night? Who writes the set list? Let's just do no, that. No, kind we of. do a different set every night. Um, yeah, we <laughs> change the set every night and... You know, the, we, this whole first ha- like the record came out in July, so the last six months of touring, we switch it up every night. But we're we've been switching it between like, you know, there's like twenty songs we'll kind of pick from to switch it up and try different moments with things and you know start out with a ballad maybe one night cool. could be weird or start out blazing for five songs in a row. I kind of like shows that have a slow burn. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Some nights that really works, and some nights it's like, okay, well, let's not do that tomorrow, you know? Well, if it's like a festival, like, to me, you want to kind of go out there and hit them with your good stuff. Yeah, for sure. All the things that maybe they would have heard. There's nothing I love more than, like, going to see a band for the first time and then realizing, oh, wait, I've heard, like, all of these songs. I didn't didn't realize, you know? So, uh, yeah. And, like, this year coming up, we've been talking about Setless a little, and... and, uh, it's, you know, we were playing a lot of new songs this last six months, like seven to yeah. nine a night. Oh, wow. And um, all from Vicious, all from the new record. Yeah. How are, how are those songs going? Oh, like, are you enjoying playing them live? They're so much fun they're live. Awesome. You know, we, we spent a lot the last few years talking about, like, songs and riffs that sound good in giant venues when it's bouncing everywhere. Like, going really fast, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. always translate There's so nuance well in there that's in, hard to... Yeah. In a big thing, but, like, big riffs, like, like Black Vulture. That's a great album opener, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, it really is. Really killer. I love the second track, too. Skulls? Skulls, yeah. You guys playing that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's so much fun. Skulls, a being empty skulls. Filling their empty lungs with the wrong kind of drugs. Baby, what have we become? A being empty skulls. Coming up for blood. Forgot about the love. Just another see.
and, and it's great because I have all the guys singing the harmonies with me. So it's like it's been a, a nice like step up as far as our musicianship level because all of us have to sing and play and meld together at the same time. Yeah, it's like simple riffs, but that song simple, was tough yeah, to get right. The simple yeah, yeah. Stuff is, to is get right live. Yeah. To, and to get right together, you know, like yeah. a given, mm-hmm. give or take anybody's energy level at the moment it really surprised me to hear that those songs are written that way because they sound so well they sound so well written they really are like especially skulls is like the hook the lyric it's all right thank you you know it's it's funny how things come together it's like when you're involved in it and and this is i'm gonna like cop off of a joe walsh quote but it's like you there's when uh, that that guy (laughs) i was wondering who that was on your ass i thought that was you maybe in some I wish, in buddy. Some, Blonde-haired some form. <laughs> some blonde-haired form. No, but like he he made this comment. It's something to the effect of like when you're in it, it feels like chaos and you're just throwing stuff anywhere and just like following whatever gets you excited and like, okay, I think that's cool. And then when you look back, it just, it, it seems like this finely crafted novel. Like yeah, you yeah, been, totally. This For is sure. like destiny. And that's how it feels. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's that. And it's funny with the bigger venues versus the small ones because when you're in an intimate setting, you're going beyond the handshake. You're like, it's not like, hey guys, we're Hailstorm, look at us for attention. Now it's like, okay, you're here, you know what we've done, so let's go take it further. Now when we're like, it's a mass scale and we're playing like Download Festival, the audience is no longer like these individual people. And now it's this, this big monster that you have to kind of like ebb and flow. energy. And then if you think about it, like this is an exchange of energy. So like you're only four people putting that out there and then you're getting it back a thousand times so to combat that and to like really ride that wave all together yeah. it's like it's a different animal so yeah you you form your set in di- different you know ways. what i'm thinking hearing you talk hearing you guys talk your fans are real lucky to have you guys yeah for real oh, well, that you guys thanks. think that much about shit like that well you guys you guys it's care about every us. aspect of your band and everything that goes into it whether it's from the set list to touring to what i goes mean on the record you, your to fans are lucky leads and well, it's it's well, the difference cool. between drinking alone and drinking with a bunch of your best friends. It's like, I love playing. I can play in my living room all day long. Yeah. But it's so much cooler when you're involved with people that are just love the same kind of music you do, and and, and you're making these moments, and you're making somebody go, oh, cool, you know. I yeah. love drinking alone at the sink. Maybe a single silver tear <laughs> slides Some, down. Sometimes and that maybe is I'm appropriate. Maybe I'm listening to the Coming to America yes. soundtrack. <laughs> right, but it's better with your friends. But it's better, it's with, better friends. with your friends <laughs> yeah. always, especially that soundtrack. All right, the last question before we let you guys split is a simple one. Graham Stark asks, "Who's been your favorite band to tour with?" Because you guys. You guys are kind of road dogs. That's kind of part yeah. of your deal, right? Yeah, you, you stay busy. I love his name, Graham Star. That's Graham Star. Yeah. Stark. Stark. Oh, Stark. Stark. Ooh. Even better. Hip, Ooh. Hip with the kids. Winter is coming. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you guys something. He's got more to show you. Uh, oh, he's, so, he's leaving. <laughs> Can't wait for Game of Thrones to come out in April. So, best band we. Oh, hey, oh, buddy. Nice. Okay, so. My wife thinks he's a cutie pie, oh, so, so, you, so you got that for I haven't even seen this. It's a cardboard cutout of. That could be James John Franco John, too, of John Snow. Snow. So it's John Snow. That's like what a six foot cutout. Yeah, that's that's life size. That's gorgeous. That's, that's pretty. Yeah. I no, love be, that. It, I love that it's right at the bottom of the staircase before you walk up to your bedroom. Oh, it's, like it's gonna be awesome when you, you have see. to like pee in the middle of the night or something. We're just like, yeah. ah, oh, oh my god. We did. We, I just did that with a hat rack. I'm like, it's like, <laughs> oh, someone's in the house. Oh no, it's just the hat rack. Um, anyway, continue anyway, answering. That's just for inspiration. Anyway, yes, inspiration. Um, so uh, a band favorite band that we've toured with. Whether a support act support, for you, or oh. maybe you were supporting somebody. Um, hmm. man, we've had so much fun with with both of that. Like we we took out the Dead Deads on one of their first tours. That's and awesome. They were fantastic to tour with. Um, it was like seeing you know 
like being on tour for the first time again, but seeing yeah. it through their eyes. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was, it was, they were so excited when there was chips and salsa and beer in the dressing room. <laughs> Wait, we can drink this? Yeah, they were this so funny. Ours? They're like, there's chips and salsa. I'm like, yeah, everyone should have we chips and salsa. We can take it back to our van know. after the show? Yes. But, well, but it's interesting because we remember, like, we, we got spoiled on our first national tour, and then we went immediately to the next tour and had to, like, fight for a couple bottles of water. So it's like, yeah. we know both sides of those things. They're so, like, you got to make sure it's good for everybody. Like, we're all a Part of yeah, this if you come out on tour, that's you're gonna be treated well. You're gonna that's have good. you're gonna have rules. fun, and we're just gonna have a great time together. Um, uh, so favorite like that we've opened for uh, Eric Church was definitely one of them. Yeah, those country um, boys they party way harder than how long, rock and roll. How long yeah. was that tour that you did with Eric and it Dwight? Was like over a New, I think it was like November, December. And then we did and some half? January, February stuff. Yeah, we too. did. In two, so maybe two thirty half. to fifty shows. Like yeah, a good they bit ruined of shows. me for whiskey though, man. It's yeah. like those guys. Yeah, we drink. We drink a lot. Holy crap. We have I know to. what the hell are you guys doing? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> how? It was fun. He had like uh, he has a bar set up every venue that like they're only like the core band and the first crew guys that are still with them kind of have access to. Yeah, mm. they can bring people in if they want, but you can't go in unless you have the special pass. And they would always invite us back there. And it was that's awesome. cool. It was like a popcorn machine, hot dogs. Did you like roll in your vinyl setup with you too. Like, can we bring this? We oh, didn't yeah, have that's that your backstage the pass there right there. We didn't yeah. have that. At Did you guys watch Dwight set? That's yeah. something yeah. to behold. Oh, yeah. when, when he motherfucks all his crew. Like, oh, he's just yelling at everybody the whole like, time. Yeah! Great. Get him! <laughs> he will, I've seen him, like, been in bills with him when I'm watching this, because like, he's kind of a hero here, you know, especially yeah. as a guitar player and songwriter, but... I've seen him like on stage. Their stage volume is super loud. At least when yeah. I've seen him, if it's not feeding back. His exactly, guy gets fired. And I've seen him just turn around and like give a note to the drummer, like that heads out of tune or something. Like I'm like, how does he hear? Uh, right? That? Yeah. Well, it, it's crazy. And it's 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 awesome because like you you know from like Sling Blade, you know, right. too. Right. Yeah. And then you realize like after like you have some shows with him, like oh, and this is a co- complete compliment by the way. But like he wasn't acting. He is that That's guy just him. for sure. You know, which is awesome. Don't need a manager. He's just he's a rock Randy? star. But um, but it's saying? crazy because on that <laughs> well on that tour too, like he that was a that was he he's a country guy. Eric is country guy and it was a country tour but it was a rock show they're both rock stars really like, right yeah. they had like yeah. a huge blow up demon and yeah. they did like right. crazy stuff. so that was cool um rock band wise i mean there's been so many it's good just, dudes that you guys tour stone sour yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they're those awesome. guys are amazing stone Corey sour, and awesome disturbed seether um trying to like shine down boys have always been real nice to us yeah that's cool they're and cool who would who would you so I know you guys are at a certain level where you don't have to do this much but who would you want to be on tour with maybe in a in a direct support oh, yeah, you never run out of dreams Metallica would be awesome Metallica obviously I would die which your peers um, Ghost which you guys started around the same time as Ghost they're doing the European tour yeah. and that's yeah. definitely something just, on the yeah. table I'd love to do a tour with Ghost man um, I don't think they have you bands guys would up. be a great bill oh yeah holy yeah. shit that would be awesome that would be cool. Yeah, no, it, it would be a killer Ghost bill. Foo but Fighters, obviously, that would be awesome too. Yeah, we've never played with, not even at festivals. Like yeah. we're doing Lollapalooza Stockholm this summer, and we're on the Lana Del Rey day, day not the Foo Fighter Day. I'm like, ah! hey, uh, <laughs> I don't charge? know if you guys are hip to her or not, but she's the shit. Apparently, you it's it awesome. Yeah, like uh, there's a a girl that's been our our PA who's been working with us for like eight years. She's like, no, you actually have to. It, it's you real have to dope. See it. It's real yeah. good. Yeah. So I would love to see you guys with Iron Maiden. That yeah. would be awesome. I think that'd be cool. That would be awesome. I how about that. how about who do you guys want to bring out? Who do, who do we not know oh, about yet that you guys um, are turned on to that you, you know want what? to bring out? 
Yeah, yeah, right. Besides everyone besides in this me and room, besides anal vomit, uh, besides anal me vomit, me and Clint yes. could do a Jim Brewer Actually, thing before you said. <laughs> Actually, we should contact anal vomit. <laughs> that'd be you awesome, should. dude. I'm just, gonna be their manager now. That'd be just now. so random. Um, well, we're we're doing that right now. Um, we're, we have a, a a tour coming up with um, our friends in Bisto Blanco and and Chuck Garrick, the bass player, is Alice Cooper's bass player. Oh, oh nice. cool. And then his do- and then Alice Cooper's daughter Calico is in the band too. So oh, like we're bringing awesome. those guys out. They're amazing. Um, there's also a duo, uh, Ida May, who are absolutely, it's like, it's like if, if Chris Stapleton and Jeff Buckley were, wow. were iron and wine, Wow, you know, that's what that is. It's called, it's, what's it called? Uh, Ida May. Ida Ida British. May. They just moved to Nashville. They're British. Yeah. Really? They're it British. sounds familiar. They're the, the sweetest. Ethan Johns made their record. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. They're the nice. sweetest couple. I like him. And it's, it's, it's a, just a duo. And, um, the, the, the husband, sings and plays guitar and then uh his wife sings back up and does percussion oh, cool. and it's just really cool um yeah so they, then you could bring the cowbell and sit in with them right dun, oh dun, god can dun. you imagine they're doing this beautiful like but his voice is amazing yeah, you gotta it's, watch it, the live it, stuff i haven't i haven't yeah. heard uh, like since like li- l- listen to some like live buckley or something i haven't heard a, a voice do that that's awesome i heard about him because i follow him on instagram it was surf burst is his was his thing and he was always putting out like these killer he's such a great guitar player like slide things yeah um we saw him when they their first show in nashville right before they moved here at the basement and it was was, like transcendent it was like oh my god wow that's cool they're doing like a lot of greta van fleet opening up for those kids oh cool and then like locally here there's um well they're they're local here there's tyler bryant and the shakedown and then and then there's larkin poe yeah yeah, they're amazing um there's just so many good ones um I know you. We always bring this up, then I. I, I know. I know. You guys are. You guys are at a point where you're able to decide who comes with you, within reason. Yeah, within reason. Say, like there are some. Da- there are some areas where we basically kind of throw it out to the promoter too. Where so like, hey, like, what, what do, do the you promoters think? want? Right. Um, yeah. And like with this one, we kind of did a combo because uh, we have Bisto Blanco and then pronounce their name. Palais Royale. Palais Royale is, is direct support. Is and direct support. That was a lot of the promoter's idea, but they're. They're an awesome band, and we're like, They're oh yeah, awesome. those, that's a great idea. So, so we have a combo of the two. Amazon. Mm. Ah, yes. I know my Moog just got delivered at home. I have one of those doorbell cameras. Oh, I had to nice. get it fixed, and it just came back and it's sitting on the porch. Which right Moog? Now. Like uh, a, a like a synthesizer or a pedal? The Sub Thirty Seven. Okay, cool. Subsequent. That thing is awesome. Um, this is way less cool than that. It's U two on vinyl, their greatest hits record because it has Electric Storm on it. It's Ooh. the only way to get it on vinyl, <laughs> and it's also a new pair of shoes. Cool. Do you have to sign for that, or are we good? No, I'm good. Sweet. <laughs> no, no. We're I mean, living, we'll have some we're living in a we beautiful age Harrington of procrastination. You don't have to leave your seat. You don't really have to talk to any other people. No, you, you don't, don't have want to talk to anybody. This was a great exercise in me being a human being just today. Yeah. Talking to you guys <laughs> in my living yeah. room. This, I think, is my preferred. Like, I know, like, we're doing a podcast and everything. Right. But, like, this is just, this is my preferred I haven't been recording for, like, 90 minutes. Oh, no, no. Yeah, we we're, stopped a while ago. We've just ago. been talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're just like, no. Speaking of that, we stopped after the cowbell things. That was kind of the pinnacle, I think, of the episode. Yeah, totally. we, never we, recovered. we peaked there <laughs> and then it was all cowbell, it stopped <laughs> <laughs> it is cool that you guys came over here I really appreciate it no, yeah no thank problem. you guys. thank you for having us I seriously. love the convo Hailstorm the new record Vicious it's so good badass, get, it on, get it on vinyl by the way because as, as you've heard we're all I'm embarrassed to say that I have it now, but I didn't want to bring it out here because I thought you guys wouldn't think I was cool uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, awesome. that's Neil Young and that's Randy Newman oh yeah and Vicious. I also have this thing <laughs> It's a classic. You put me next to Coming to America? Um, <laughs> Actually, that would be, I would be honored. I'll put your record next to my Karate Kid vinyl. How about that? Oh, nice. I, what's, oh. Your, what's your most expensive vinyl? What's your 
You're, you're I have on. a well. I I know this because I'm on. I have my Discogs. Thing. Yeah, me. I, I have mine. Uh, I have a 19. Are you on Discogs too? Nice. I have a 1994 Tom Petty Wildflowers, which is worth five, 500 bucks. It's it's up to 500. I I saw it for the only time I've ever seen it for sale was in Denmark in Aarhus. It was eight hundred dollars US. They wanted for it. Crazy. I bought it for fourteen ninety nine in a little shop in Birmingham. What? Maybe That's ten years ago. That's my favorite record of all time, bar none. Wildflowers. I'm not sure. Wildflowers. Yeah. I have to go through like and let's see what my idea. most expensive one is. It might be. Um, it might be Allison Chain's the self titled. That's tripod. super rare. Yeah. I didn't even know it was going to be. Awesome. I bought it brand new when it came out. I, That's I just bought a, an original pressing of what what Allison Chain's record did. Oh, um, that face, a facelift. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's super rare. They haven't reissued that at all. No, That's that, the that hard that house. That's that record shop. I had a few that came shoe. down in price because of reissues. Like I had oh, the original really? color and the shape. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Cool. Um, See, '90s stuff is I, just gold. Because I never think about how it comes down once they. And, I mean, yeah. not, I mean released, yeah. certain records, not a lot though. If there's if there's mega fans out there, it'll keep that price up. But I've, that one came down a, like a little Pearl bit. Jam just re-released a lot of their '90s stuff, and that shit was like gold before. Like you couldn't buy no code. No code was like seven hundred bucks. Yeah, I still and they I, reissued it. I still have uh, uh, verses on vinyl original. The ori- original pressings are still valuable. A facelift, they're going to reissue facelift for sure. They've already done dirt and jar of flies. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. But facelift, happen. that's valuable. All right, I, I'm now I'm looking. Are at you, my do, Lizzie? Do you go deep on this kind of shit too? I, I, I go more. I, I'm more. Um, like down memory lane kind of thing. So like yeah. the last thing that I'm like super proud of isn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily pricey, but I found a, uh, um, s- schools out vinyl in, yeah. was it Sweden? We were at, it was at our house, that same joint. Our house. Yeah. And it, ha- it has the, uh, the panties on it. Oh, like man. nobody, cause I, I have like, like a, one that d- obviously that gets lost in the shuffle, sure. like, but at the like original thing, it's like so it was like super new, and I'm like, okay, that's so cool. So you're a big Alice Cooper cat. That's I, I am. I you know, there's something about, and I know, like, look, you know, there, there's there's I have like like box set situation. Like you go back to some of that early stuff, and some of it is just like it's trashy in such a cool way. Yeah, you know, a lot of it is sparse, and, and you can see the progression of when that character like starts becoming like. I am now a cartoon character, like figuring yeah. it out. I love the journey of it, um, and like that whole campus. They're such nice people, too. That's awesome. You know, so and Alice is just such a genuine human being. Um, I've gotten to, I, I've gotten up to sing with him, um, and and with. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't think of uh, the Hollywood and Dead guys and stuff. What do you yeah. and th- and that was nerve wracking too, because right. not only are you like rock star royalty, but there's like. S- Movie star situation. Johnny, yeah. Johnny Depp. So yeah. you're like, there's so much power on stage, and they. And I think they you meant the Hollywood vampires. That was that I said. I'm sorry. Oh, you said Hollywood, Hollywood and Dead. Yeah. yeah sorry. I the was other. confused here. Hollywood. Yes. I couldn't think of it. I'm like Hollywood. That came out. Um, no, but anyway, yeah. So like, I'm because I have a question for you guys though. Oh, like, okay. knowing what you finally know, why what you know about us and like this record and like what you like about what we do. Like, what do you think? Like in the like metal world, what artist do you think that we should go back and like really dig into their catalog we might have have already done it but i'm always like looking to like things that i've overlooked over the years you know like maybe Mm. things that like like i know but i didn't well the thing the thing that actually one of the things things that our listeners really like about ethan and i is that we're not like super dyed in the cast metal guys no yeah i listen to a lot of i mean i'm kind of going through a big dave matthews thing right now oh that's awesome and then like being a songwriter i'm kind of listening to a lot of shit but metallica is obviously a big one for me. Sure, of course. I mean, I listen to a lot of like Lil Peep okay. and Lana Del Rey. And yeah, so like, like let's like take the metal out of it. Like, what do you, th- what do you? Have you think? had a Have you had a The Cure thing? 
you know? Yeah, because that really. might be that oh, might be cool. He's a guitar for you. player too, Not man. Really. There's some cool stuff on the Cure. That records. might be cool for you guys. Or a Smiths, kind of an '80s Brit pop. I've yeah, always had a problem with the Smiths. We've never know. really dug Thank into you. that. I, I just have a problem with. It. I don't know why. Maybe it's, it's time to voice, dig in. Maybe. I don't know. That, but that's what I want. <laughs> but that's what I want because because for me, it's like even with the Cure, it's like you grow up knowing like, okay, you know some of the songs and so you don't feel like you really need to yeah. reintroduce. Um, I did that with uh, the the Divinals, right? Mm-hmm. So like they had that, when I think about you, and like, mm-hmm. no, everybody hated that song. But if you reach back to their catalog, none of their other songs sound like right, that. Yeah. That was just something that they did. It ended up being their big hit, whatever. But they're like this weird blondie meets police punky thing and her voice is so weird. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, that's what I'm looking for is like, oh, you know what? I actually I, haven't dug into uh, maybe the Maybe some Tori Amos if you haven't done that. Cool. Th- that would be cool for like to, you're gonna write what sounds like hailstorm no matter what. Like I well, tell people all like absorb. People hear some of the songs I write. They find their way onto like country records or film and TV. They don't sound like Metallica. No. But I, th- it's I, th- it's you like sometimes I think it. about what the load and reload records in particular. They influence almost everything I sit down to write, oh, even yeah. if it doesn't sound like absolutely, it. Yeah. absolutely. We we keep, we keep calling it the idiot filter. Like we could probably listen nice to a, a like a a, a we don't yes I know but um. You know, we pro- we could listen to a song and like try to write the same song, and it would sound completely different sure, because yeah. we just don't. You know, it's like it goes. You get so far removed from it. I, know, I always write these riffs, and I'm like, does, does that, that sound the- too much like that? I'm like, well, I'm like, maybe, I don't hear that but- at all. What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> what are you guys excited about? What are you guys listening to personally? Um, right now, uh, man, I, I gotta say, and it's I a, know. a bit of a guilty pleasure, but I really like that new "Bring Me the Horizon" record, especially so, that rock stuff. Have you heard like so, uh, "Wonderful Life"? I haven't heard their new stuff. I haven't either. So some of the stuff on the record, it, it gets a little dance pop, you know, like as far as track to track. But there is a good chunk of the record, which it's it really it just drops so heavy. And it, yeah, the, the sound, like the yeah, production, this, is yeah. like there's yeah. this amazing low end, and it just when it comes on next to other newer rock songs, it just blows them away. Mm-hmm. They probably use tracks live then. Oh, I th- I th- yeah, they have yeah, a lot there's definitely, there, what, yeah. Even when we saw them live, it's like, okay, there were a lot of people on stage. I'm sure they're doing something, but yeah. there's definitely that <laughs> I'm sure they're doing, they're doing something. something. Well, no, yeah, like I'm sure there's something there because they, you know, they seem like great musicians, yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, that and High on Fire, we've listened, we listen to a bunch. Like um, a high on Fire kick. Yeah. What's a record to check out? Uh, um, High and Fire? Yeah. The new one is sick. Just the new one? Uh, yeah. What's it called? Electric Messiah? Yeah, that was it. Love the title. Yeah. yeah that's that's a good. Electric Messiah. That'd be great with anal vomit. It yeah, really awesome. would. Electric Messiah. Good night, Dark Continent. Electric <laughs> Messiah! <Yeah. laughs> I've been listening to nothing but that Julian Baker record. Have you heard her? Yeah, it's a Nashville oh, chick. Cool. She's from Memphis but lives here. It's She's this great guitar player, real ambient, and her whole whole record is nothing but guitar or piano. Oh, nice! And it's cool. it's such a good like chill record. She was in that oh. article that oh, we read, the yeah, GQ dude. one uh, about sober musicians and oh yeah, dealing with creativity. Jason Isbell's yeah, in they, that one. They did sobriety. such a good job yeah. with that article. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's funny because I had I had marked it. I'm like I I should really dig into this. Uh, I will. Yeah, that's her, awesome. her her newest record's great. That's super cool. Awesome. It's nice to hear bands like you guys are still interested in that kind of thing. Still, oh, yeah. still looking. Oh, you know, it's and it's tough. Like I, I go through new music every Friday, trying to find something that is exciting and yeah. and new. And it's you know, it's turning into like one or two records a year. Like when I 
really like something. I, I, I always want to. I've got to go back. I got to hear it. I want to listen to it on repeat yeah. over yeah. and over. And yeah, you devour a single record. It's hard yeah. for me to find those records. I think you have to work harder for it the older we get, and the more we do the job that we do, which is just immersion in the industry. Yeah. It's like, well, and the more that's out there too, and the, the content is just like a fucking uh, well, waterfall. It, now. We were just having this conversation at the Metallica concert, and one of th- that's a, another reason why I loved that that show was because I didn't for one moment think about like, oh, well, that's what that happened there, whatever. Because like you're involved in mm-hmm. this industry, so mm-hmm. so you can't help but think about all the things that happened behind it. Absolutely. Like when you listen to a record, you're like, oh, that was probably pr- producer's idea, whatever the you know whatever you're thinking about, or like that's like that, or like from a even from a production standpoint, you know, you're thinking about all those things. Oh too. yeah, they used an L1176 instead of an LA2A yeah. on that yeah. vocal. I can hear it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's there's that aspect, but you like you remember like when you were a kid and you knew nothing about that. Like I remember my dad explaining to me when we were at some show and like, oh, that's a roadie, and that's oh, that's why. What 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 are these people doing? Oh, they're changing over the set. Yeah. Even like at a basic level, like I didn't know that before then. You know, like whoa, that's crazy. It was still so magical. So. I think part of the of it is like this hunger to like keep that excitement. So that's why you keep reaching. Why do you think this but, room looks like this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that was the great that's thing exactly about what it is about Metallica was that like I was just lost in it, and yeah. there was such simplicity and beauty to what they did mm-hmm. that I wasn't thinking about that at all. Like right. I think it's an, an important thing all of us as musicians, the older we get, to still find ways to get lost in music. That's a uh, good way to put it because like. Yeah. Any record that I get lost in, it's such a great feeling, especially if you're by yourself, put on headphones and you just zone out. When I was a kid and a song would fade, I would, I thought the band kept playing. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Like yep. they're still playing exactly. it. They're still, to this it's day. still going. Yeah. Like still yeah, going. like Rain When I Die from Dirt. They're still playing it's Rain still When I Die, yeah. even yeah. with Lane Staley, who yep. isn't alive anymore. That's but somehow amazing. they're doing it. Yeah, in some parallel universe. Exactly. <laughs> well, remember we went to so we went to the Ten Years Show, and it, it had been like a. You know, we we had been off tour for a second and like just enough time to like lose your mind a little bit. And mm-hmm. there's this thing that happens with me anytime we have a significant amount of time off, which isn't that much. But when it happens, whereas you go through this almost post tour depression thing where it's like, I oh, just it's feel, the blues. I just for sure. feel bummed for no reason. And you, I, I always forget about it and I can't explain it. And then I remember we were at that 10 years show and I turned and I'm like, I, I physically am recognizing now the cloud that is lifted when you're in an audience and you're watching a show mm-hmm. and you just get lost in it and like the the way that it affects you like physically and mentally and like just to be able to like just take a moment and like recognize that that is so important it's medicine you know yeah, and, and that's yeah. why you're in it you know and, and and so like to me it's like that's yeah you're chasing after that too let's all say it together that's the buzz, buzz. <laughs> <laughs> we've come full circle everyone
I'm not trying to kick you guys out, but I think that was really end. good. Yeah, yeah I think we're, I think it's the over, right? The did we do it? You did it really. That was great. I can find something in Clint's fridge to make us all for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank are you the guys. kids all right? Do I need to go pick them up? Yes. Okay. Please. You should. And plus, you've got a, you've got a Moog prog product waiting on your front porch. Oh yeah, I got to go take care of that. Actually, I'm going to hit stop now. All right. <laughs> Our advice, or what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>